probably the main group that has been I wouldn't say they've really done anything to hurt me, but mostly like playing little mind games and making like pseudo threats and like giving me hints that they're sort of watching me has been Mossad. I'm like almost 100% certain of that. So um, I, I definitely would like to hear anything that you know about them or related organizations or any of that. Okay, we're not, when I talk about that, I'm going to be cautious in this. Like, you know, what has come to light, which is a sad thing, but I understand it. Certain countries, if you talk about them bad, they can come and kidnap you, have you arrested, and bring you back to the country and tried for smearing their, 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 you know, who they are and what they are on a global scale. So I'm going to say, when I talk about that whole thing I was talking to you about, I'm going to talk, I'm, I'm going to try to stay fact-based without accusations to say what I got to say so people can think. Because the only way, you know, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a black agent, so I try to do things from the, the, from the cover of darkness. But the problem is that in order to change people, people need to, like, you know, hear And, and Pradada, and, Pradada and, if, if, yeah. you can, if you can, like, protect me in some way or put in a good word for me in some way, <laughs> I, I'm all for that. I'll like, do my help best. me out, man. I'm going to do my best. <laughs> remember, remember the way all of this functions is through magic, everything. Everything in the world, the way these – remember, the aliens and interdimensionals and Terrans that were here, they're the masters of magic. Everything around you is magic-based. I love that. I fucking love you, that. The, the, your, your body exists. I think one thing I said to you before, I think this was not in that last program, but when we talked initially before you even put me on the radio, I think we had to talk about, like, think. Calcium is a powder, and in nature it occurs as a powder. But somehow this in your body, it makes bones, and it holds you together and allows you to walk upright. Otherwise, you'd be just like a, 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 a slushy moving around on the ground like a, a slug. And so you got to understand and appreciate that's magic that allows that to, to be, that allows you to have bones that support your frame because it doesn't naturally occur in nature. There's something about you as a human that commands this powder element to form with other things in your body to create a stability, a framework that can hold up your body. And unlike a lot of other animals, we're able to walk upright without having the thickness in our bones of a lot of other animals who actually walk on all fours. So it's all magic, dude. And what, what, your greatest protection will come from yourself. You never have to, like I, I saw one of the um, things you made on, um, you know, talked sort of briefly at the beginning of this, when you said about, I know the Illuminati's after me, but they're, gonna, they, they, they're not going to kill me now. They'll probably kill me. When they feel this right to or some shit like that. Yeah, remember you yeah. that on Twitter? Yeah. Yeah, it's not. Remember, dude, it's not us. And I know I don't give you a name to call it. We just call them the other side. It's kind of like when you're in a gang, you know, the other side, they're after us. That's what we call them. They have several, they go by many names. But, you know, this, it's, you can't. So you can't be is, touched, is this like is is this good Illuminati versus bad Illuminati or is the enemy are they not Illuminati at all? They're, 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 they vary from not being Illuminati at all to being X, if you want to call it Illuminati. The story of Star Wars is the story of what's going on in the world, dude. Remember, Darth Vader was a Jedi Knight. So if, if I'm understanding this correctly, it's almost like. 
the Illuminati was originally a noble organization kind of centered around maybe like the ancient mysteries and magic and stuff like that and knowledge and it, it, there's like a corrupt offshoot of it. Is that is that do I kind of have the right idea with that? That's right and exact. The good ones still exist. That's what I'm a part of. That's what certain people get pulled to. And that's why you see this um, kind of bugged out thing that always goes out in, on in Hollywood and in government. That's where that all found That's what I'm saying to you. Your heart comes in, your heart comes out. There are two opposite actions, but if those two opposite actions don't occur, you don't live. They create a, 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 a I don't, how do you say this? They create a, um, a mid-ground. You know, you have, I, I hate to keep touching on that country's organization, but we'll say CIA. It's the only one that, you know, besides, we're going to get into Mossad because Mossad is Central Institutes for Intelligence and Special Operations. They, they dropped Central, but everything has a Central to it, if you notice. And it's like when your heart beats, it beats up a wave that's suppressed, and then it goes back flat, it flatlines for just a split second. Every time your heart beats, you're dead for almost an immeasurable amount of time. Talk to a doctor about that when you get a chance. You have a really good conversation. But if you study, if you study your heartbeat, even looking at it on what is that thing called in the hospital that shows you your heartbeat? I think it, uh, EMG, something like that. I don't know. Yeah, electro electrocardiogram. Yeah. Uh, is that what it's called? It's something something like that. Yeah. Something like that, right? When you look at the machine, it does a crest, it drops flat, and then there's a troll for the other side of your heartbeat, then comes back flat again. And then it goes, and then a steady, a steady line for, for a couple of seconds, and then it beats again. When your heart is at that stable part, you know, if you ask certain medical professionals, they'll tell you, oh, well, you're alive. No, you're really dead. You're, you're right in between. You're on the fence. When your heart beats up, you're alive. When it drops flat, you're dead. Then it goes down and comes back, and then it stays. So in that split second, you're dead. And then when it stays for that couple of, like, one second before it beats again, you're dead and alive at the same time. And so that's the beauty of life. You have this pull back and forth. If you didn't have, you know, the, 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 the malevolence going on in the universe, then you couldn't have life. You couldn't have the opposite of it. Everything would be something in the middle. And so I'm not supporting the bad stuff that goes on, but it's just to say that it's kind of like in its own way the opposite of 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 what's supposed to be good. You know, the sun is up, you're walking on the beach with your, with your, you know, with your woman or whatever, and you're enjoying the waves and the ocean. You can see it because the sunlight, that illumination is allowing you to see what's going on and you appreciate its beauty. But then what comes a couple of hours later, nighttime, nighttime comes, certain animals come out to feed. If you're night, if you're not a night animal, you're going to be food. The night animals that are food, they know how to duck the night animals that are coming to eat them. So those, you know, those hours for you as a human, you're like, oh, it's nighttime. We used to be scared of the night. Now because, you know, we've killed most of the animals on the earth, you can even go to certain parts of Africa and there's not as many lions and tigers and all kinds of stuff like that. And so people feel a little bit safer roaming the streets or whatever of their villages. But remember, a long time ago, they had to sacrifice certain people would sacrifice their children or whatever in Africa to keep those beasts appeased 
so that they would stay away from those villages at least a couple more days at a time. It's crazy shit, but that's that's death and that's the villainy that goes on. So when you deal with this Illuminati stuff, you got to know that there's, you know, a strong force that's good that controls everything and everything is magical, but then there's the darkness from which that comes, and in darkness you can get away with anything. It just so happens that humans and certain other entities have this side to them that's bad. <laughs> and you let that show when no one else is around or can see what you're doing, which happens to be darkness. And you can play with it a little bit, but you're not supposed to make it a part of your everyday. As you remember, I think we I talked to you before, either on that last show or on the phone, and I like to use this expression to all the fathers out there, even mothers, but fathers. Imagine your daughter says, hey, dad, um, some guy keeps following me home from school, but when I get near the house, he stops, and I think he's, like, trying to do something to me. I don't know. And so your father, he's got to get up and go to work every day. But you know how fathers are about their daughters. So they're like, he's like, you know, I don't want to have to murder somebody and get rid of the body, but if that's what I got to do, then that's going to be what I got to do. And you could be a cop, you could be a judge, you could be the regular guy on the street, and you're all, you're all going to feel the same way. So in your mind, you're, that dark part of you is already trying to figure out, listen, I'm a judge or I'm a police officer, and I know the law. I know that this guy hasn't done anything yet, so I can't do anything to him. He probably won't cross that line. Because when you're dealing with criminal elements like that, that try to fuck with kids, they're a little bit smarter than the average criminal. Because they gotta be. So now, you're gonna have to figure out a way to get this motherfucker to leave your kid alone. And so that's gonna either be talking to them, which you're just gonna scare them off, and you won't be able to track them. If you know anything about intelligence, you know you want people to be in this little box that you need them to be in so you can trap them off and do what you need to do next. That is interesting. That is interesting. See, we're getting getting into that area again of like, you know, because I know that you, you really are part of this world because you say things like that. How else would you know that? (laughs) Yeah, man, it's crazy. So you, you, you say to yourself, okay, this is why, you know, when we talk about, like, a, a, um, I don't know, whatever type of intelligence agencies and the dirty shit they do, they do it on purpose. They, they mold, they make everything go the way they want it to because you have to control things. Mafia, all of that, same shit. They come from all source. So now you want to control this guy. You got this guy following your kid home from school, and you know if you approach him, you're going to scare him off, he's going to do it to somebody else or come back when you're not least expecting it. You want to create a situation where he's going to actually try something. And at that point, what you've probably done as a judge or cop is you've talked to a couple of other police officers and you said, listen, this is guy telling my girl home from school, we're going to get rid of his ass, but we're not going to jail for this shit. So if we know if we go talk to him, he's just going to go to another city. That's how it goes. They're serial killers. They leave where they're at. They go somewhere else. You want to catch them. So now we all know that Certain people are so intelligent that you can catch them almost in the act of something, but likely there's somebody who has money, and they're going to get off the charges. And you're going to be a cop watching this fucker walk out of the courtroom 
And he's either going to stay in your city or go somewhere else and do that to somebody else. And it might come to you're sitting in that courtroom because your baby went missing. And you're sitting there like this goddamn badge kept me from protecting my family. I'm a fucking dickhead. I'm a fucking moron. I became a cop so not only I could protect the world, but that I could carry a fucking gun every day. And if somebody fucks with me and my family, I could put a fucking bullet in their head and I don't got to worry about going to jail. But this asshole, he took my baby from me and I let it fucking happen. So you got to understand, when we talk about stuff like the Illuminati and this darkness and this shit that goes on in the world, there's a purpose for that. If a motherfucker is telling your baby home from school, you take their motherfucking asses out. I don't give a fuck what nobody says. You know, we say this on this, on this, on this show and all, and there's people, oh, you shouldn't be talking like this. No, if you were in the same situation, if you don't do that as a parent, you're a fucking dumbass. Yeah, it's you because... You your fucking family. It's because, you know, this goes back to what I was saying before, how... Your average person, I don't know if it's because of all these Illuminati wars, killing off the brave people or what, but the average person does not have that type of nuts. You know what I'm saying? They, they won't do what's right in terms of you know, get, getting murky, getting real. They, they won't do that because they have not gone into deep waters like that before in their life. So they just – if they even approach those types of deep waters, they start shaking at the knees. It, it's just not part of their reality, and it never will be unless you've – you know, I don't really know how to describe it, but most people just don't have it in them to even like fight somebody, let alone do 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 an act of vigilantism where they're going to protect their daughter. I mean, maybe that fatherly instinct comes into play at that point. I have seen that, so maybe maybe that would make somebody more likely to actually do something about it. If that makes sense. Totally, and that's that's what you have to be and remember. The reason I brought that into play is to say this. When you snatch that motherfucker off to the side and you murder his ass and you go grab some bags of lime from Home Depot <laughs> and you get rid of his fucking body or you grab some fucking whatever that fucking acid is that you melt bodies down with in, in the fucking bathtub, you know, because you are 10 years in, 10 more years from now, you know, you could retire and get your pension. But that ain't going to happen if you and your buddies get locked the fuck up and you're a cop. You know, it's going to be in the news. Police officer murders possible serial killer who is after his daughter. And while everybody thinks this is honorable, he disrespected the law and he's going to jail. You don't want to be a cop in jail. Everybody knows that. But you don't want to be the cop who someone took your baby from you. So that dark part of you, you know what that's protected by? Satan. That's protected by old gun. That's protected by all of the dark shit in the universe that is good. So in that darkness, there is good. It's just that bad people and bad things can play in that darkness also. But you got to be able to step into that darkness and do what needs to be done. And that's how this world works. And that's what, you know, going back to the old mafia thing, originally that's what that was. For the mobs of the world, they needed to play in those Wade in those waters, those dark waters, to, to fill that interim between kingdoms and peasantry to then take over it and then run their countries. And they had to do some really foul shit. And so darker forces came along and snatched them off to the side and flung in front of them money, the root of all evil, and got them to turn on their own families and murder their older people that brought them up in, in whatever and taught them how to live life 
taught them how to respect. Remember, when you're a little, when you're a little kid, think about where you come from. Just like for a split second, you. Now, I don't know you. I don't know your family. Whatever your family was, it was. But only imagine if you come from a culture, if that's the case. And once again, I know I'm not talking about like white people or black people. I'm talking about like Italians, Hispanics. You come from this culture that is so proud. You, there's certain things you don't do. There's certain things you don't say. You likely don't even talk back to your mother or father, even if they're wrong, because that's how you were raised. And so you got to carry on this tradition, even though certain parts of it you feel were wrong. But, you know, in order to carry on a tradition, you got you to gotta take from what was taught to you. And it's taught to you by your elders, the people that were there before you. And how do you go and you disrespect them and let somebody from somewhere else convince you to wipe them out to go after money? So now the money doesn't mean anything. You know, it's like these days, if you're in the mafia and you're Italian and you're a part of the coup that happened that wiped out the older people and you, you know, partook of selling fucking crack and, and whatever, you know, meth, or black tar heroin, all this crazy shit that's out here now, you know inside you're empty. You got money. You don't have fame because you can't have fame if you're in the mob. You can't be out there like that. So you're in this dark place with everything you wanted in life. And maybe, yeah, maybe you had money to take care of your, your folks until they got older. Maybe they passed away. Or maybe you off them. Because, hey, when you join this shit, whether you know it or not, anybody, you got to sacrifice your families. Again, I'm answering the question of the person from the chat room with all this applied to the music industry. This is all part of it. I'm, 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 I'm doing the, par, the parametral perimetral, perimeter, perimetral version of talking about what you got to do to be in the industry. That's this is what this is. And it's life at the same time. I'm like killing two birds with one stone. So, you know, you want to, if you're in that darkness and you're in the bad part of it, come out of that. The only way you can do that, which is, again, our mafias, and that's going to uh, segue off into Mossad in a second, into the Nazis, our mafias control our governments now. You, as a whatever you are, were once um, a, a clan, a gang of people, an organization that the people in power or entities in power who also answer to something greater than themselves looked to to help them control the streets, which they really took from you. Because if you ask anyone who's in any type of mob, they will tell you they used to control their neighborhoods. They no longer control their neighborhoods. Crack, heroin, and entities that they don't know what the fuck going on controls their neighborhoods. But they, they don't almost have the power from their perspective to get, it back, to get it back. And so they've sold themselves out, their cultures out, and things of that nature to be in positions they are, but their positions or like null and void, because the position we're supposed to be in was to have supreme and ultimate control over your destiny, over your life, over your culture, and that's what was promised to you, but now you don't have it anymore. And you find yourself, when you're in this shit, they say, listen, you got to sacrifice that guy over there. He's like your best friend. Okay, you don't have a best friend anymore? Who's closer to you? Or who's further from you at this point? Sometimes it goes starting. Some people choose. You can sometimes have that flexibility. You can choose to sacrifice the person furthest from you. It could be the normal person in the street. And you see this with gangs. 
they'll tell you just like that. They'll be like, hey, listen, that guy, for this reason, he said this, this, and this. We don't like him. Yo, if you go take him out for us, we'll give you this, 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 and this, and we'll move you up. And so you're looking at it as a sacrifice of someone who you don't know, you don't give a fuck about, they got nothing to do with you, and it's going to get you in. No, we're all in this world connected together. If you touch me, if you touch him, if you touch her, you're hurting yourself. When you're laying in the street after you got hit by a fucking car and everybody else is walking past and some people are jumping on their fucking cell phones and looking at it because they want to put this on Snapchat or whatever the fuck, nobody's helping you. You're taking your last breaths, right? You're not going to give a fuck what color somebody is. You're not going to care if they're five years old or a hundred years old. You're not going to care what or who they are. You just need to be able to breathe and get better and get an ambulance. And so when you, last week, because you wanted to join a gang, went and murdered that guy over there because he's from the other side, and that was going to be, according to God, the person that saved your life this week when you got hit by that car, you're going to wish when you get to heaven to find this out or hell when you find this out that you hadn't done it. That's how the universe works. We're all in this together. You can't let anybody step to you and turn you against your family, turn you against what's right, period. And that's what's happened. So that's why I'm saying, you know, one, one, one bird to kill with the stone is everyone in, that's in any type of mob, you're now in a position to make a choice. You sold your soul already. But what you can do is the right thing. You've heard this in movies. And it doesn't, it's, not any, it's not any less true. Right now you're fucked. But do the right thing. And somewhere along the lines in doing the right thing, God will look down and bless you. And with that said, you'll be in control of the world because there is no FBI, CIA, NSA. There is no MSS, KGB, or whatever you want to call them right now, SDR, and, you know, there's no BND. There is none of these things. There is only people there. Those are just names on pieces of paper inside of government offices that are typed out, and the people change every couple of years. And that's who runs it. Right now, all of the world's mafias that control guns, drugs, prostitution, gambling, all of those bad things that control all of the industries that are good, you know, the roof over your head, the clothes you're wearing, the shoes you're wearing, the, which is clothing, accessory, the, the car you drive. You know, Israel, I'm going to segue off into that in a second, Israel controls technology across the globe, whether anybody knows it or not. You're praying to Christ. Every night, if you're not praying to Mohammed, if you're not praying to Buddha, remember, Christ was a Jew. He was Jewish. So how do you walk the globe talking about you're a Christian and, and, and talking shit about Jews or that you're a Nazi and you follow Christ in some way, shape, or form and talking about Jews when Christ was a Jew? That doesn't even make any sense. So now we can... Oh, I said I was, uh, you know, I know I did on this long thing. God, uh, it kind of goes back to <laughs> what I was saying about Mossad, and it feels like to me that they are the ones that kind of are more, li are more, more, most likely to sort of come after you, being that there is this sort of alliance between the United States and Israel in the sense that, you know, it's so closely knit and the political figures 
and the huge corporations are so linked together with Israel, literally if you kind of step out of line inside of this matrix system, that's probably who you're going to end up – that's probably who's going to end up tracking you and coming after you because we are literally inside of their box. We're inside of the Mossad like, – like, okay, Epstein Island. Um, I don't know if you looked into it, but Ghislaine, however you say that bitch's name, uh, all that stuff is linked to Mossad, and it's linked to child trafficking, and it's linked to FBI and CIA. This is what you're talking about, Pradada, you guys out there, what he's talking about, this literally is the reality that's around you. I mean, you might be listening to this and thinking to yourself, you know, what am I listening to? But you got to wake up because this is what's fucking around you, people. This is what's around you. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, that was great because you just created the bridge that I, I try to avoid crossing. I'm going to cross this bridge. I got to first say this is a disclaimer that I shouldn't have to say, but it needs to be said. If you are Hasidic, do not take offense to what I'm about to say. Do your research. Do a lot of fucking thinking. And truly, if you've even touched the Kabbalah or any one of those mystical books yet and have an understanding in them, then you already know that what I'm about to say is true and makes sense. So here's that bridge I didn't want to cross and that I avoided in our first conversation. And I was going to avoid it now, but, you know, I've had talks with people in the organization. And they were like, yo, I mean, it's up to you. If you feel it's right to say it, say it. If you don't feel it's right to say it at that time, don't say it. I'm going to say it. Follow me on this journey, everyone. Let's go back to the 1880. Let's go back to when Hitler was young. And I know we talked about Hitler kind of in detail a little something last time. So I'm going to kind of skip that part. I'm going to stay on this vein right here. We're talking Thule Vril Society. We're talking the alleged uh, whole thing with the Rothschilds and Hitler being part Rothschild. We're talking Hitler developing this issue with Jews because he allegedly grew up in the house, house of one of the Rothschilds, and his mother was a servant there. And, you know, Hitler is the product of a Rothschild with his mother, who's the servant, and she got treated like shit. And so now he developed this hatred for Jews. Let's go to where the Rothschilds aren't Jews, allegedly, the way you think they're Jews or what you were taught Jews, Jews are. Remembering, Jews are not a people. Jews are people who practice Judaism. So it's like saying, it's like calling you a Christian and saying a Christian is a person. They're not a people. They have a belief system. That belief system over time for Jews or Jewish people became what we described them as, but that's not who and what they are. Jewish people or Jews come from all walks of life, all ethnicities. Yes, very, very so important to remember. Start... Huh? Uh, oh, I was just saying, yes, uh, I was agreeing with you and saying this is very important to remember because people might be listening to this and they might kind of, you know, like get offended or think it's something that's not or anti-Semitic or something like that. It's, it's definitely not because – that's the truth. Like Jews could basically be any color skin. They could be any culture. They could literally be anybody, not just 
one group or one race of people. It, like you said, Pradada, it's a belief system. Like I'll even sometimes call myself a Jew because, you know, I'm a believer in, um, you know, kind of like the uh, Christian sort of mindset, not that I strictly stick with that. Exactly. So now let's go to just coming up on World War Two, where Hitler had this plan where he was like, listen, I've, you know, I've been to the Orient. I've been to the New World. Whether you knew it, anybody knew it or not, Hitler was over in the United States before World War Two. He made pacts with certain organizations. And he said, here's my plan. I'm going to take over the world. You're either in or you're out. Some organizations, they were like, you're nuts. No, we're not in. But during the course of World War II, which will help everybody understand, and I'm going to jump around, but understand that during the course of World War II, certain countries who weren't originally part of the war jumped in. The United States was drawn in allegedly because of the bombing of Pearl Harbor. But there was other shit at play. So you, you'll see if you study World War II, Certain countries that weren't in jumped in at a certain time. That's because they became part of Hitler's master plan. Italy was part of Hitler's side. But we all know that Italian people aren't like that. They're not those racist, fucked up people who were part of Hitler's plan to decimate entire cultures. That's not who they are. So they just got drawn into that shit. So now we have just coming up on World War II, Hitler with this plan, and he's starting to pull people in by having talks in the street in Germany. And people are gathering around him just like anybody would in the square, and they're listening to this guy who's trying to uplift him. And I remember I touched on this in the last show, so I'm not going to go too deep into the part where he's just like talking and, and people love the way he talks, and it's because he's had training. You know, he's part of, by then, several secret societies from all over the world, especially from Tibet. So he's learned how to be like an Obama. When his words come out of his mouth, people are drawn to him like, you know, bees for honey. And everybody's like, yeah, what he's saying is, you know, that's fantastic. We, I, think, I think that should be what we do. So now Hitler had several layers to his plan. A lot of them are still in play. If, you, if any of you out there are higher up Nazis, you already know what I'm talking about. I'm not going to go into that part of it. At least I don't think I'm going to touch on that. You know, when we talk about secrets, everybody has their secrets. As we, as the Illuminati, we try to respect other people's secrets as long as it doesn't interfere with, with what's right and what's good. Because, we, you know, we got to do our dirt sometimes too. So with all that said, anyone who's just become like part of the Nazi party, things of this nature, white supremacist groups, then their understanding of things is, is some of those lower levels of Hitler's grand plan. Because it wasn't just the Third Reich. The Reichs don't stop. It's going to keep going for forever. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. It's going to keep going. It's its own pyramid. So now, while everybody was getting fascinated by Hitler with, hey, we're going to unite Germany and make it a great, make, like MAGA, make Germany great again. But that's M-G-G-A. Make Germany great again. That was going on with him. Ooh. And here's what was going on in the background. I never right, even looked at it that way. That's deep right there, what you just said. Yeah, dude. So this, this this guy was like this. He was like, listen, here's the part where Jews might get offended, but bro, don't get offended with me because he's going to get really dirty right now. But 
just it's just keeping it real. He was like this. Listen, we need to end up in the promised land, in Israel, the Nazi party, because in Israel, everybody knows there's time portals above and below ground. There's riches that King Solomon left there because when you live in the hood, like, okay, I don't know where you came from. I mean, you can interject at any time where you came from, but this is for, you know, I'm not, I never talk about anybody black or whatever black stuff, but just for a split second. And I know this is kind of like the low down dirty part of it, but it's just real what it is. When you're a black man and you're in the hood and you're growing up, you're like, I can't wait to get my shit together, get my money right. I may or may not move out of the hood. What I want to do is I want to keep a house that's in the hood and be able to live here, but have another house somewhere else in the world or a couple of houses. I don't want to have to be restricted to being in the hood because I know how brothers is. Some people is going to love me. I'm going to be here. I'm going to look out for my community. But then there's going to be people who's jealous. And it's just that's what life is. And the jealous ones, they will come spray your fucking house. And you don't need that. You don't need to do all this shit you got to do to become rich. And then, you know, your mom's sitting there watching TV and she catches a bullet. So you want to move your mother, your sister, your brothers up out the hood. If they want to still maintain, you know, a house or something there, y'all have a community house you got there, it's fine. But when you get your money, what does everybody do? No matter whether it's good money or dirty money. You take your money and you either put it in the bank, but you don't really trust the banks. You take your money and you find somewhere to keep it that's away from the hood. Away. So only understand, if you study history, what should really fascinate you, Ninja Shoes, right now, is when we talk about how kingdoms used to make their money and they would bury their money outside of their kingdom, completely outside of their country, on islands. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, I've heard things to that effect. Um, it's kind of similar to uh, the Knights Templar, how they were hoarding money. Exactly. You get your money, and you take it, and you know that the enemy knows that you live here and that they might be able to find your wealth there, so if they attack you, they can get rid of you and get your wealth. But you look to put your wealth somewhere else where they won't be expecting it to be. For most of the African kings... Things like King Solomon, they buried their shit in Israel, dude, just outside of Africa. So you had somewhere to run to. Because remember, Israel connects Africa to mainland Europe. Any other direction you go in, you hit the ocean. You can't even really go bury your money on Madagascar because if somebody runs off of Africa and catches you on Madagascar, you're an island and you're surrounded by the fucking water. So you to be like in the, the Middle East and just stepping outside of your comfort zone with Israel. And Hitler knew this. So that's what I'm saying. This is going to get crazy. Hitler had a game plan to raise the Reich in Israel. He's like, oh, well, we can't be there right now. You got Palestinians down there, and you got displaced Jews. Because remember, the Jews did a diaspora a long time ago, before World War II, before World War I, where they spread all over the globe, even into the United States, even into what we call South America, even into Africa, Jews spread all over the place. They were in Poland, Russia. They were everywhere, dude. So, like I said, you can't call them a certain race. They were everyone and everywhere with a certain belief system. And what they understood and still understand
understand today is that you get drawn back to the promised land. That's why what, what we're going through is it's, it's funny. You know that during the course of what I'm saying, you're going to have people who, this is going to sound funny, but it's what it is, you're going to have people who ended up in Israel who are not Nazis, and you're going to have people who ended up in Israel who are Nazis, who ended up running Israel with people who were not Nazis, without their knowledge, and sometimes with. So let me tie that together for you, because I know anybody who's sitting at home right now and they're Hasidic, they're like, what the fuck is he talking about? If you're deep in this shit, you know what I'm talking about. If you're not, this is going to be interesting for you. But you need this to heal the world. So with that said, Hitler was like, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to, first of all, invade all the different countries, go to their libraries, go to their main places we know they keep artifacts, and we're going to gather up everything that traditionally, metaphysically has power that we know from history. These things are spread all over the globe. UFOs have crashed. They've landed. They've, they've hidden things. Aliens come here and hide shit, dude. We probably, I don't think we ever touched on that. And this, this is probably the first time I've ever touched on this with anybody of all the conversations I've had. You, the, the, this globe is like a hiding place. <laughs> Just like we were talking about kings make their money and they hide it in lands outside of where they live. Aliens come here and they put stuff and leave stuff here that they can't keep on their own worlds because they don't trust the other worlds around them. So with that said, when you study esoteric things and, and, and deep, dark, black magic things, and you get into, like I said, the Kabbalah, you get heavy into it. A lot of people just start reading the Kabbalah or whatever. And I'm going to say this first. I've never read the entire Kabbalah. I've, I've, I've read bits and pieces of it. I don't, I, I wasn't ready for it. And, and what I mean by I not think, ready for I it is. I think reading any of it. Go ahead, I'm sorry. I think reading huh? any I think reading any of the Kabbalah is going to be like a hundred million times what ninety nine point nine percent of people out there are even willing to do unless they're uh, like real in depth rabbis. So the fact that you even read that much of it, I I have not done that. I can say that that's kind of impressive. Yes, yeah, the Kabbalah A isn't supposed to be studied by women. Anyone who's a Hasidic Jew knows that women aren't supposed to jump in and study the Kabbalah, or at the very least not until a certain age and understanding of certain other things because it is rumored and it is also true that the Kabbalah can drive you crazy because it starts getting into things that will fuck your brain up. You know, these are, these are black magic Freemason stuff. When you get into the Kabbalah, you get into aliens, deep dark magic, and, and, and things that are attributed to Satanists. And you, gotta, and you ask yourself, okay, what one of the primary religions on the globe Closest to God, we're God's chosen people, but in order, in order to understand God fully, we have to master the Kabbalah, which is telling you that Satan is real, Satan is not bad, Satan runs things, he's the dark force, he's an angel, he has all these powers and all these other things going on in the globe that you have to know and partake of in order to, to fully be empowered as a Jew. And these are, these are horrible things. So now, if you want to jump just for a split second off into Mossad, you can understand where Mossad can get their job done and still be right with God. Because remember, if in, in any religion, when you do something that's not right with God, you feel like, oh my God, I've shamed myself, I've shamed God, and this, and he's got to come. So then I'm going to go to hell. There is not one Mossad agent alive who thinks that the shit they've done so far is going to put them in hell. Not one. And you, know what's, you know what's crazy about Kabbalah is, 
if, if you look into it and its origins, you, you know, the tradition, the entire tradition, not just this or that, but the Kabbalah tradition, it goes all the way back, literally, to the Garden of Eden. Past that. Past it. Y- yeah. The Kabbalah yeah. is deep and dark. For sure. It goes to the beginning of all things. You Are you familiar with some, 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 I've been learning some words. I don't speak Hebrew yet, but I've been learning a couple of words because the agencies I run, and if you've seen any of the stuff that I put on Twitter or Facebook, you, uh, do you know any Hebrew words? Um, a little bit, like, I have not delved that deep into it, but I, I've probably had similar thoughts as you. Like, if I, if I learned more of it, I would be able to kind of understand things a little bit better because once you sort of break through certain barriers, which I feel we're doing this evening, I feel like we're poking holes in the veil, you know, like the, the cloak around this knowledge base that sort of keeps most of the sheeple. I mean, that's kind of derogatory of a concept, the sheeple <laughs> or sleeple, but it keeps them asleep. And what we're doing is we're breaking those barriers down. I think that, you know, kind of like Crowley, not that I idolize him or anything like that, but he, he learned Hebrew, and he was able to actually... He's in the Kabbalah. Yeah. That's, yeah. That, that's that stuff I'm saying. So, you know, there's people sitting at home right now, they're like, yo, this dude's starting to get us some shit saying, like, Jews are Nazis, and that's exactly where I'm going with this. But, shit, if you study the Kabbalah, it's talking about Alistair Crowley. Come on. One of the people that, when you are in the United States and you're a Christian... And people start talking about Freemason Alistair Crowley, you know, people are sitting there and made, you know, oh, well, Jay-Z had on his shirt, you know, talking about do as thou will. That means Jay-Z's in the Illuminati, and he's bad, and this, that, and the third. He, that, that's something, that's a quote from Alistair Crowley, who is attributed in the, in the Kabbalah, that all, that whole realm, not just him. Everybody having to do with Freemasonry. All of that's in the Kabbalah. Why would it be in the Kabbalah? Why would we be talking about the most dirtiest, grimiest shit, allegedly, if, 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 if it wasn't good? Like, see what I mean? It's twisted, right? Yeah. Yeah. So now, look at how this went. This dude sat up there and he said, okay, well, this is how the Third Reich is going to end up in Israel all at the expense of the taxpayers of the globe. What we're going to do is we're going to go to every country, make it look like we fucking hate Jews. We're going to kidnap Jews along with other people, and anybody who has knowledge of anything that pertains to any type of mysticism, which at that point in time, remember, mostly it was Jews. They carry Judaism across the globe. So if you want to know, and when they got to each country, Jews ain't no joke. A Jewish person will go to another country, and they know how to move and shake and do the things they need to do to, to, to build wealth quickly. And it's, it's part of being a Jew. It's just what it is. And so, you know, people are, are jealous of them because of that. There's, there's a portion of it that has to do with racism, but I'm going to get into that. And that's what will make everything that I'm about to say where somebody would be like, oh, he's anti-Semitic or this. No, I'm going to make this beautiful, make you how, understand how beautiful it is to be someone who is Jewish, but make you understand how, where the ugliness came from. 
You know, like when you're in, say, the United States and you go into the hood in the United States, any hood, there's always Hasidic Jews living side by side with poor black people. And what they've done in the hood is they have a law. It's called, um, you remember school zone laws? Yeah. What basically happens is if you're caught with drugs within 1,500 feet of a school zone, you can get charged with possession, possession with intent to distribute, possession with intent to distribute within 1,500 feet of a school zone. And each penalty, depending on which state you're in, can carry anywhere from three to nine years per penalty. So as a first-time offender, you can end up in jail for 27 years. That, that's damn near like a kingpin charge. A kingpin charge with one runner in, in the States, you're facing 30 years. So 27 is like three years more than that. It's like the same shit. So you might delve into selling, you know, I, I guess cocaine or some other controlled substance and get caught your first time. You could end up in jail for 27 years, and guess how this works out? Because yeshiva school, you know what yeshiva school is, yeah? Not familiar. Yeshiva, if you go, like, you know how you can go downtown in, in your area and they have the stores, and then sometimes there's apartments over the stores? Uh-huh. When you go downtown in practically any place, I can just say, yeah, probably in any, any country in the world, any type of downtown area, there's likely going to be one, two, three yeshiva schools. These are Jewish schools where the kids go and learn, where adults go and learn, or transitioning from children to being teenagers, adults, or whatever, and they study. And they can be located, you know, near a church. They can be located over a store. They can be located anywhere where the average drug dealer would go and try to sell drugs, not knowing he's anywhere near a school. So guess what you're going to catch? Almost any hood you sell drugs in these days, almost anywhere in the world, you're going to catch a three to nine times three because you didn't know that you were near a yeshiva school. Oh, so my God. I, did, I didn't know of any of this stuff. That is really, wow. That's, yeah. yeah. My God. Yeah, you don't find out until you go to court or until you get indicted. And you're like, yo, you were selling drugs within 1,500 feet of a school zone. You know, your lawyer's like you're facing, you know, minimum uh, nine years, maximum 20. You're like, oh, no, no, bro. I was... I was selling drugs on the corner by the corner store. You know, if you go in there, they'll tell you I was out. I'm not trying to get them in trouble. I'm not trying to admit to anything. I'm just saying, you, the guy in the store knows me. I'm always there all day, and I, yeah, maybe I had a little something on me sometimes, and I was trying to get that stuff off. But I wasn't no. I don't fucking sell drugs to kids, bro. I that was I didn't do it. I, there was no school around here, dude. There was yeshiva. What is a yeshiva school? You know, I, what are you talking about? Jews. They have these schools. They're called yeshiva schools. They can be anywhere. You happen to be near one. Right where you were, if you walk 15 paces that way and go up those steps by that, you know, laundromat, then you go up to the, you know, there's a yeshiva school up there right next to the, the yoga yoga studio. You know, the yoga studio. Yeah, the yoga. What? Is it a Jewish kid school? Oh, shit. Wait a minute. Because I didn't know. Yeah, bro, it don't matter. You're going to be doing 9 to 27, and we don't figure out a way to get you off of these charges. So is there anything you're not telling me? <laughs> and that's what you're going to hear from your lawyer. Hmm. So that's the dirty side of it. That's what makes black people not like Jews, because 
most black people struggle, and when you go on the corner, you're putting your life in your hands, your parents, your family, your kids, all those lives. Don't ever think, you know, we say, uh, talk about drugs and selling drugs and all of this. When you're a black man and you got to sell drugs, you don't get to travel out of state and go sell them over somewhere else. You know, when you're in some other culture, you have the ability to do things like that. Black people, they'll be like five, ten blocks from their house, if that. A lot of people, they're like two, three blocks from their house. And they're just trying to make some money, come back. Like Biggie said, I'm just trying to feed my daughter and get some diapers. And next thing you know, you face some 27 years in jail, and you find out it was because Jews did it. So what you've learned in, in, in certain places is that they don't like black people because they're trying to pin you to the wall. But if you study Jews in history, they went through their own shit, i.e., one of them, Hitler. So you would, you would think, like, okay, they don't want people selling drugs around their kids, but don't try to nail me to the wall with some sneak shit, you know, and then expect me or our culture to appreciate yours. Okay, let me ask Remember you a question that, about that then. Let me ask ahead. you a question. So, and if you don't want to answer that, I totally, if you don't want to answer this, I totally understand, but would you say that Black Lives Matter is sort of along the same lines? Black Lives Matters and FIFA, all these are complicated because see, I don't want to go into the alleged of who's backing them and all this shit like this, but they're not they're not doing things from our perspective of you know just some black people who said enough is enough with the cops shooting and killing black people enough is enough of you know the government fucking us over enough is enough no. There's something else going on there, and that's something else. There's a lot of Caucasians involved in it who are seemingly taking it in their own direction for some black people to somewhat benefit from wherever that direction might end up taking it. So now, or you know what I mean. So now, with that said, it's kind of like, when people talk about NAACP, when the NAACP started out a long, long time ago, it was black people. Then white people got involved because you, got, you know how the governments work. When, when, any, when you get three black people together, it's called a conspiracy anywhere. For instance, in the housing projects in Philadelphia, if you remember history, I don't know if we talked about it before the last show or at all or during that last show, when in Philadelphia, I forgot the exact you know, date or whatever, but if you look back in history, when allegedly the FBI blew up a whole project building and dropped it because the residents in that project building were having meetings. And so they figured, oh, it's a bunch of black people having meetings in this building. They're, you know, plotting some kind of conspiracy against the government. Were they? I don't know. Were they Holy not? Holy shit. Know. That is fucked up. You, did you hear that? That is it? fucked up. Yeah, I mean, no, I'm, I'm not making... I'm not making I'm not making this shit up. The FBI dropped a tenement building with people in it. It's kind of like, not like it was our own 9-11 in Philly just to get rid of what was going on. Now, what you've got to play into this is remember when you had, um, remember when um, Russia was, was doing the whole Cuban Missile Crisis thing? Yeah. Now, remember at the same time, there was a lot of black organizations that didn't have funding and Russia was trying to, you know, sneak funding to these black organizations 
like in New York and stuff, and it was a plot to destroy the Statue of Liberty. Do you remember that? Um, I'm not familiar with that. It was. I don't want to. I don't want to get it fucked up because you have like stuff like say the African National Congress. I'm not saying it was them. It was one of those types of groups, or with the name kind of sort of like that mm-hmm. at that time. We're talking about back during the days like the Black Panthers, all this, where the FBI was like, oh yeah, they're in cahoots with the Russians or Soviets, whatever they called it at the time, and you know they're getting money from them, and they're gonna, they're, you know, these black people, they're gonna go blow up the Statue of Liberty, and so we gotta stop this shit. So it was like this war and terror. Back Holy then. shit, that is nuts! Like all this has been covered up. Like we should know this stuff. This should be in our school books. It, this is literally yeah. some of the most fucked up shit I've ever heard. There's a there's a video for you on YouTube where you could catch up on. It's called KGB Connections. The inset is like a uh, it's like a pastel looking picture of somebody with like maybe like a, a, a head wrap on, and the the way you know it's the right video when you start watching it. It's going to be a, a dude from DGI. You know what DGI is? No. I'm going to fuck this up because I remembered it one way. i got to learn all these different intelligence agencies, and they get confused in my head a lot of times. Um, forgive me, anybody, if I say this wrong, but it's kind of like this. Directorate General de Intelligencia. And it's said differently, but it's the Cuban version of the CIA, or whatever you want to call it. And so there's a guy from DGI talking about how you know, Russia infiltrated America first. And you hear, you've heard about that in history. Like something like Roosevelt, Truman, or Eisenhower, in their cabinet, there was Russian spies. You heard about all that shit back in the day? Uh, yeah, th- that sort of thing. I mean, I know that Russia has always kind of had people in our government. I know that they probably do in this, in this very moment. I mean, and, any of the superpowers are probably spying on each other all the time. Yeah, so that whole type of thing was going on and they at, at the, the government was like, okay, well, first we need, we need to stop this conspiracy, you know, whatever's going to happen, you know, at, the, at, the, at the, the Statue of Liberty. So they foiled that. So now if you look at the time frames, then you go from there to find that they can have an excuse where they say, okay, well, you know, these people were having secret min- meetings and, you know, they're tenement things and, you know, we don't know what the fuck they were talking about because what you have to do back then, go back to whatever that time was in Philly, you have to, as an FBI organization, get someone or some people, multiple people that are black to be either agents or be undercover. It's difficult. You know, being like, like me, it's, it's easier. I'm, I'm, I'm not in any of these, I'm not CIA, I'm not NSA, I'm not uh, KGB, I'm not Mossad, I'm not any of those things. I'm all of those things, but in the Illuminati. We exist before all of those. So it's, I don't have to play a role. Like, I don't have to be a black guy from a nice area, grew up in a nice family, decided to go to Harvard. While I'm in Harvard, the FBI approaches me, recruits me, and, you know, I got this, you know, I, I probably don't talk like the average black guy, but I also don't talk like I've been to Harvard. So you can't send that guy his first or second year in Harvard, into a tenement building in Philadelphia at that time, that point in time, trying to infiltrate these certain little organizations so when you have this tenement meeting, he can say, yeah, this is what they're planning. They, they want to blow up the Statue of Liberty. You can't do that because he doesn't seem like he's from the hood. You also cannot easily take someone from the hood and even maybe offer money and say, listen, 
We want to know what, what's going on there, what's, what's being planned. Because best believe, if anybody black is planning to blow up something in the United States, it's, they're not going to share that with the average motherfucker around them. Black people talk too fucking much. So we're not like, say, Italians, again. The Italians, you tell them, so, you know, they keep that shit to their fucking selves. It's like almost no matter what the fuck it is. You can't pry it the fuck out of them. Black people, you get us in the right circumstance inside of a police fucking thing, and if you're not heavy deep in some gang already, you, you, you're going to be like, listen, nah, nah, I'm not trying to do 10 years in jail. What, what, what is it you need to know? Give me a paper and say, no. uh, what do you want me to sign? Right? Sign right there? Okay, there you go, right there. But nobody else is going to find out about this, right? And that's how you are as a black person. So you can't find someone in the hood who you can turn easily like that. So no one understand if they had enough evidence to think that they should drop a tenement building, then it came from someone who was either deep in there, who, how the fuck did they get someone black from the hood to sit up in that meeting who was really FBI or at least an informant, then come back and give them that information, or they didn't have no fucking information, dude, and they just dropped the fucking building to be on the safe side. Get it? Yeah, it, it's really scary because, oh, man, like, when you when you get into that topic, like, a lot of people, you know, like, friends of mine and people like that that, you know, they're they're kind of ignorant in their own way, and they're seeing things from the white person perspective of, like, being out from the sticks, and, you know, they, they hear stuff about, like, Black Lives Matter or, you know, people talking about racial oppression and stuff like that. If you really look at the facts, it, it's undeniable that, um, CIA and uh, Zionists and uh, FBI and a, a lot of these, uh, even certain presidents, have really gone after the black community in terms of trying to destroy it from the inside and use it as a tool to manipulate the rest of society. Exactly. And it's never going to stop. It's never going to stop. And they use all these other cultures who are seemingly or supposedly oppressed to help them do it. And those cultures have become part of it. And that's sad, dude, because, you know, if you, if you remember from back in the day, it used to be about black versus, black versus white. It's not even that no more. It's like black people versus like every fucking body, even our own selves. Yeah. You know, you can't even, you can't be black and intelligent else black people don't want to fuck with you. You can't be black and a dumbass else, you know, you're going to end up somewhere fucked up. And usually at the, that's at the hands of somebody who's white or another culture. Yeah, that's what so you, uh, you have no... That's what my friend, uh, you, I think you might listen to his show, Zion, Zion the Prophet. He, he's kind of like an upcoming rapper. And he said the same thing to me. He, he, he kind of, he'll get shit from other black people because, you know, he's kind of like, he talks about some really deep stuff. And he, he doesn't like that because you know, he feels like it, it boxes him in. And we, we had a conversation about that. It's just, it's stupid to me because, you know, he's he's so bright and he's so intelligent. And I just hate that he would have to experience that. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the beautiful thing about opening your mind, exploring your world and your universe, is that you become something greater than you are. And that's not, that's not a contribution that, that's a selfish one. It's like, imagine when, it, uh, imagine when the first star appeared in the universe. Things were drawn to it, planets, just little rocks floating around in the universe. Those rocks settled into an orbit around those stars, and then they started having fungus grow on them. 
And then that fungus attracted elements from the universe, which became water. And this water created oceans. And then life sprung from that. And that's all from this star becoming a star. So you beg the question, it begs the question, why did whatever that was become a star? And it's, it, didn't, it wasn't selfish with its light. That's the whole basis of illumination. It's like, you know, the Illuminati is supposed to be able to be out here and, and, and talking to people. And, in, and we've done that in history. You've seen instances of it. You studied just going back to dealing with um, Adam Weishaupt and even, you know, founder of Rosicrucians and Freemasons, uh, what you call it, um, Sir Francis Bacon. Ah, but every time yes. you do that, go ahead. No, that, that's just, that's such a deep topic. I mean, you're getting right into the itty gritty of it with uh, Adam Weishaupt and Francis Bacon because that those years and those days and what happened surrounding those individuals is what formed the uh, is what formed kind of that hidden world as we see it today, and it's it's also doing the same thing because you know I said earlier we're trying to kind of poke holes between the people that are asleep and are sheep and the people that are woke to this stuff. And the more we can dissolve that barrier, the better. And this, this ground level stuff, you know, I keep saying that over and over again, this ground level stuff that you give us, whether you're talking about, you know, conspiracies against the black community or organized crime or uh, these organizations like Zionism and stuff like that. Sorry, I know I'm running on, but when you talk about this stuff, I can't imagine a better way to do that because anybody can go online right now and Google this stuff and they can confirm for themselves that it's real. So at this point, why would you doubt any of this stuff? I'm, I'm saying that to the listeners out there. Why would you doubt any of this stuff? Exactly. So now, you know, you, you, you want, you want, just like you were saying with Zion, like I've never had a chance to listen to that, to that show. I wanted to listen to that show. You know, there's so much stuff I'm doing, but to take it from his perspective without knowing him instead of my own. Like, you know, he was talking about he's trying to, you know, do the music thing. And, you know, people want to know, like, what am I going to get myself into? Okay, so you're an intelligent black man or whoever you might be. It doesn't matter what your color, but you, you kind of separate yourself from the pack, not purposely, but just because you want to know. You want to know what's going on. You want to make yourself a better person. You, you... I don't care if you like to do hair. You do hair and you be the best damn hairdresser in the world. I don't care if you like to sweep garbage up. You be the best, best fucking garbage sweeper in the world. You sweep a street and then people say, God damn, this tree is clean. Who did this? That guy right there. That separates you from a fucking garbage man. You, whatever you want to do, you be the best at it. And what's supposed to happen is people are supposed to appreciate it. Appreciation is not somebody looking at you and being glad you did something. The word appreciate means to increase. There's depreciate and appreciate. Appreciate means to take something that you see and make it bigger and better than what it is. So when you say you want to become part of the music industry, somebody's supposed to see you're a great singer, great songwriter, musician, whatever it is, and they're supposed to say, hey, listen, I have the means to bring what you're trying to do to the rest of the fucking world, dude. I can do that. Are you ready to take that step? Fuck yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> you know? And so you go off, and you not only experience that, 
but you experienced so much other stuff. Like, think about the first time, if you saw it, when Jay-Z went over to Africa to help bring water to one of those villages. Do you remember that? I think so, yeah. Yeah, it's like, you you don't see that. You, if, you, if you asked him, I'm just going to make an assumption, he'd be like, listen, I saw the fucking projects. You know, we barely had money for this or that. And I just imagine one day I could be somebody better than I am. I was surrounded by fucking drug dealers and, and, and whatever, old school. He's surrounded by old school, you know, organizations like that. And, you know, he's done whatever he's done. But fast forward, you know, a couple of decades, and he's not, you know, just like we all of us were young, and we all heard the, um, you know, give to the American way. Give a dollar a day, and you could feed a hungry kid over in this country with a bowl of rice. And you're like, shit, I don't, bro, I don't got a dollar. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So you're like, maybe one day I'll be able to give to the American way. And so now, fast forward a couple of decades, and you are the motherfucking American way. Yeah. Jay-Z is the American way. He can jump on a plane and go to another country and put smiles on people's faces in a whole fucking village. Yeah, it it really kind of... One thing that you said, I don't remember if we said this off or on her, but you were kind of talking about how rap originally started out more as African culture, and then it evolved more into like a mafia-type thing. And I think that's important to remember because a lot of people don't really realize that rap has an African root. Exactly. People think it just kind of like started out on the street and, you know, some kids on the corner, maybe banging on stuff, you know, you're banging on a board or something and you start just defame, uh, defaming. Is that the right word? Defaming the English language? I, I think that's the right word. But no, what basically happened was, it's, it's like this. If you take anyone or anything and put them under pressure, that pressure is going to find a way out. And so, remember, we got snatched from Africa, brought over here against our will, put on drugs, and then enslaved, still on drugs. And then some guy comes along and says, we don't think we should keep them as slaves anymore, but we're not going to let them go back to Africa or send them back. Actually, the CIA blessed some of us and sent us back to make the country called Liberia, but the Liberians bugged out, and not just anybody who's Liberian, but if you're from Liberia, you know the wild shit that goes on over there. Liberia was founded, allegedly, by African slaves that got released, and they said, hey, we don't want to be here no more in the U.S., we want to go home. And so the CIA helped them to go home. But now, if Liberia was the beautiful place it should be without anybody having corrupted it, like has gone on, then you could say, Hey, that's a place you can go back to as an as a person from the United States or or any other country you got displaced to. You have somewhere in Africa, like you know, people in the U.S. They don't got nowhere to go to if you're black. You're just like black. You're not African. Africans don't appreciate you as Africans. Some may do. I know it's an entire con- continent, and I shouldn't be speaking about Africa as if it's just like this one little country. But you understand what I'm saying? It's like you know, you got you unless you trace your roots back to a certain yeah. village. No, I totally get and it. Even if you do that. And I wonder, I mean, I don't mean to cut you off, but I wonder if what you're talking about right now, I wonder if separating black people in America from Africa is a psychological programming, manipulation, and more degradation. Because to me, 
I mean, obviously I'm not black, so I can't speak too much on it. But to me, what I see objectively is just that. It is heavy mind control against the black community to degrade them intellectually and spiritually. I've never thought about it that way, and it's, that's excellent, what you, what you just said. And, see, I've been trying to find in this conversation so that I don't forget, because I jump on so many tangents, a, a, a segue back to talking about um, Jewish people in Mossad, because I know there's a lot of Jews that, you know, I, we really need this guy to finish talking about this whole Hitler, Jew, Nazi thing, because he just, like, left that, and I want to know what the fuck he's talking about. So that's a perfect segue in that I've never thought of it, and it was kind of like basically a forced diaspora, kind of like Jews. The same thing happened, dude, to the Jews. And I think this was back in, like, anybody who, anybody who knows, please go into the chat and, and chat to him to correct me or add to me saying this was something like the 16 or 1700s. When, if, if it wasn't their first or one of their first diasporas from, from the Holy Land. You know, because remember, we're talking about after Christ. So after Christ would be like in, in 33, 33 A.D. And with that being 33 A.D., you know, you had that whole time from there up until now for Jews to leave from there from what, for whatever reason. Remember that kingdoms rose and kingdoms fell in that area, if you want to call it Palestine. And so Jews were forced out of there. There were times they, they fought with Muslims. There were times that they used Muslims as their security. There were times that they couldn't trust them, and that's how Bar Giora, like if you see my Facebook, and I say that I'm Bar Giora, and I say that I'm or, or Hashoma, I say that I'm Haganah, all these different things. And like people who know me, they understand a little bit better, and you would understand better, but if you're like, say you're a Hasidic Jew and you're coming past my Facebook or, or my Twitter, and I'm saying all these things and I run all these organizations, which for you are defunct. You know, allegedly, Bar Yoda was around for a little bit, and then it got replaced by Hashoma. Hashoma got replaced by Haganah. Haganah got replaced by um, something else. I forgot what the something else was. And then they got replaced by the Israeli Defense Forces, which we know today as Amman, Shinbet, Mossad, and all those other organizations they have. And just like with, you know, CIA used to be OSS, it used to be Office of Coordinator of Information, it used to be Bureau of Military Intelligence, all these different things, they don't exist anymore. We as the Illuminati, we keep all of that alive because we pre-exist everyone and everything in the universe. So we're, we're, the, we're the record of the universe. We're so many things. We, if you go to any Illuminati library, you'll find shit there that can tell you the story of the beginning of time. And where you get closest to any of that is the Mormon church, the temple, or if you're dealing with Hasidic Jews and you're dealing with things like the Kabbalah and whatever the synagogues are, they used to protect their scriptures. That's about as close as you get other than the Illuminati that I know of. Or actually when you're dealing with um, Wiccans and or uh, Satanists, how uh, do you like to term that? Oh, so okay, you're going, you're going really deep here. You're going really deep. And... I I have to say that I agree with that, um, especially what you just said about Mormons, because everybody makes fun of Mormons. South Park even had a whole episode about it. But how do we know that 
kind of similar to the black community, obviously not anywhere near that scale, but how do we know that they want us that they don't want us to make fun of Mormons on purpose because they know something. They have some kind of knowledge of history. Um, what, what I like to point out and talk about is the stuff where they talk about – don't lose your train of thought. I'm not trying to do that. But um, the stuff they talk about with Christ going around the whole globe and visiting everywhere. Well, my whole separate line of like research listen, li- looking into that has shown me that to be, has shown me that that's true. So I agree with you. I think the Mormons know something. Yeah, Mormons fuck with aliens and everything else. They're heavy. And so, you know, these, if, if somebody does, yeah, want you to, like, laugh at the Mormons, maybe maybe it's the Mormons because, you know, things like that offer a buffer of protection, or maybe it's somebody different, you know, because anytime, like, you know, Mormons approach black communities. They go out and they send missionaries, and these missionaries come to your house, and they try to teach you how the story of Joseph Smith. Joseph Smith was a little Caucasian boy who got visited by an angel. This angel was an old Indian spirit, and this Indian spirit proceeded to tell this boy and trust him with the knowledge of where these golden plates were located in, in like, the, the woods in the mountainous, mountainous area. And so he went out to where this angel sent him, and he found these golden plates that were in an Indian language. And with the help of that Indian, he deciphered them. So they were the story of Christ when he, after he got uh, killed in Israel, he rose in or came back to earth in the United States and proceeded to teach people in the U.S. So what you have to wonder is, okay, if you have Christianity as a stronghold in the West, then why doesn't Christianity teach about how Jesus was in the West, in the United States, walking around, talking and interacting with people? What did he look like? Who was he? What did he call himself? The sure as hell wasn't Jesus Christ. That's not even his real name anyway. See what I mean? Yeah. Again, we are going really deep here. And you know what? I don't think that certain parties want us to have this conversation because between you and I, you know, how many people are even into this shit that aren't like some kind of elite or whatever, but we, we have too much knowledge of this stuff for them. And when we put our heads together like this and we can confirm each other's statements, I I know this is going to sound crazy, but sometimes I get hit with electronic weaponry of some type. I don't know where, where it comes from. If it's, from some kind of entities or if it's from uh, technology or what. But as I was talking to you about, I'd say, 15 minutes ago, I got hit really hard with some high-pitched oscillating screeching in my left ear. And I, I know this is something that other people report as well. So I just want to throw that out there and let whoever's doing that know I'm on to you and you're not going to stop this broadcast, period. Yeah, the crazy part about it is it could be coming from biological entities somewhere. It could be coming from um, non-biological entities. And what makes it worse is no one understands that the technology that we use is alien technology, all of it, your cell phone, your computers, 
your your TV sets, they all use a tiny bit of an alien. That's why cell phones are called a cell phone. They all use a tiny bit of an alien from these different crashes, and they master using it to run electronic things because it's like any TV show you've ever seen where someone had, they made an invention, and they were like, well, all we need right now is the crystal of, of Zorin. And where can we find the crystal of Zorin? Well, it's on the planet Neutron. And if we can get that crystal, we can make this work. And so all they needed was to find these little things that were parts of these aliens or their crafts to create what we have now. And when people created these things, they don't understand that your cell phone is alive. Your, these crafts, to touch on that briefly, don't let me forget to go into the whole Mossad Israel third right thing, but to touch on that briefly, because I know right now, if nobody's ever heard me talk or whatever, this sounds really crazy. So let me explain it. I don't know if I explained it on other show talks. If I did, let me know during the course of this so I don't spend half an hour saying the same thing over again that they could watch the, listen to the other show and, and find out about. Aliens, some of them, with the most high intelligence, um, with the most capabilities, again, all of this is magic, they're able to, like Christ, Christ was never here, astral project themselves, their aura, to other dimensions or worlds. Once they, for instance, arrive at Earth, they can't be seen. Like, if you look up at the sky, think about it. Sometimes you're drawn to look up to the heavens. And spiritual people will think it has something to do with God. Well, yeah, it does because the aliens are God, remember? So now, with that said, what you might be drawn to look at could be a TR-3B spacecraft that you can't see. It could be some other type of UFO. It could be an angel that you can't see. It could be a demon you can't see. Or it could be some entity that is present in our atmosphere, remembering that we have all these different layers, you know, the stratosphere, the ionosphere, the earth, the, the, the magma, all these different things are different parts of what you see in the Bible represented as the heavens, the, um, the, the firmament, and so on. And these things, once they arrive here, they have the ability, their they're spiritual essence, and you can't even call it a spirit. Imagine if you can, you can meditate to such a high degree where you say, I want to be right now on Mars, and I want to experience what's going on on Mars. Now, you're... you're that part of you arrives on Mars, whatever that part is called. And you get there, and you're like, I don't want to just be able to see what's going on here. I want to interact. That means you now need a body. These things are able to grasp elements out of our soil, out of the magma that's underground, out of the air, and form what you see as a UFO. They're not really there. That's why some UFOs are able to pop in and out of what you call our reality. They're able to take elements and bend them to their will and, and pull them literally out of the earth's crust, the mantle, or out of the oceans. They pull salt. They pull, you know, xenon from here, from the air. They pull gold from under the ground that no one's discovered yet. They pull aspects of tar out from deep down in oil fields that no one's found yet. And they use these things to create these things that we've come to know as plastics, that we've come to know as um as materials that you can't cut through with a blowtorch, like when they shot down the UFOs during, um, which we call it, as, Ro as Roswell, and the Army tried to cut through it with blowtorches, blow and they couldn't cut it, but they could crumple it up like aluminum foil. That's where you get your bags of potato chips from. 
That's where aluminum foil came from. So they're able to make these things. And also, once they make that, that's their outer shell. Their essence now is inside of this. And when you shoot one down, that's why there's been craft that they've shot down. If you do your research, any of you, you'll find, and you likely have seen it, where they say we shoot down, we shot down a UFO and there was nobody inside. Do you remember anything like that? Yeah, definitely. I've heard. Well, I I used to study um, ufology pretty heavily, and I became familiar with a lot of the different crashes and stuff like that. And what you're saying, I love it because a lot of us. This is so hard to explain, but a lot of us get this sort of either or mentality where, oh, it's got to be the reptilians, or it's got to be the such and such from this planet, or no, there's no such thing as aliens. These are demons. It's like people are very either or, but what you're saying, again, you know, I, I hate to be like a broken record. It's probably getting annoying at this point, but bra- breaking through the veil, breaking through the veil and connecting the dots between, you know, the far, far-reaching far sort of conspiracy and your ever, average everyday Joe, this is more complicated than people understand. This is more complicated than that. It's not black and white. It's not, it's not binary thinking. You've you got to realize that there are so many layers and so many possibilities and different types of creatures and things like that. That's, that's kind of why I don't say, like, I know this ringing in my ear is tinnitus. You know, if, if you want a sort of boring explanation, a skeptical explanation, or I don't want to say it's aliens beaming my head, or I don't want to say it's like the CIA, because I really don't know, Pradada. I don't know where it comes from. I know a lot of people experience it. I think it's something on a higher dimensional level that's obvious. I've heard people tell me it's a good thing. I've heard people tell me it's a bad thing. But it happens when I'm doing this show and I'm talking to people like yourself, people that know something, people that have the potential to put these holes in the in the matrix. Exactly. That's that's and like you just touched on because I was going to say it, but I didn't I didn't want to like mess with your head to say it could be a good thing. You don't know. It's hard to know these things because remember. What just happened is, this is how, this, if you saw the Tom Cruise movie, uh, I'm jumping off my own subject, remember to jump back on that and then jump on uh, the Tiller thing. When you saw, if you saw the Tom Cruise, remember Adjustment Bureau? Yes, I love that movie. That was about what we're talking about right now, with what you just said. The MIBs, they, they're the same thing. Here's what happens briefly with that. And you might have heard me say it earlier, I don't know if we discussed it in another show. Back in, I think it was um, the, the early 1800s. I might have the dates incorrect. You can all look up on Google. You type in Bureau of Military Information, BMI. What does that sound stunningly familiar to you with regards to? Men in Black? MIB. Because you'd be right on the money. Remember I told you, I think before in the other show, in the Illuminati, we have Multiversal Intelligence Bureau. If you go to my Facebook and stuff like that, you'll see, like, Melanol, Inc. Operations, Black Bureau, all kinds of shit in my DS, CIA, all these. They're all different things. They're not just, like, Central Intelligence or they're not just, like, you know, uh, Secret Service. There's the Black Service. There's the Gray Service. There's all this stuff that preexists, all of that. So you have back in, like, the um, something like the early 1800s or late 1700s, you have the first, one of the first intelligence agencies in the U.S., which was Bureau of Military Information. So now, lock on to that, when we fast forward a couple of hundred years, and you see a UFO, and then some guy shows up to your house wearing what? A gray or black suit with a fedora. 
When did they uh, listen to us? Yeah. These people, they were experimenting with UFO shit way back then. They learned how to cross dimensional barriers. They did, they, they sold their souls. Selling your soul, this, this is a complicated part because we were talking about the whole music and stuff, and I don't think I've ever said this, period, or maybe to somebody else, but I don't think on your soul at all. There's different parts of selling your soul, which I'm not encouraging anybody to go out and try to find someone to sell a soul to it. Here's what happens. When you, for instance, as a Christian, accept Christ in your life, you're selling your soul. You're selling your soul to God, to do a service to God. You're becoming a warrior of God, or at least that's what it's supposed to be. If you sell your soul to what they say is the devil, the understanding of the devil is that the devil is bad. So that means you're selling your soul to do some evil purpose. You're selling your soul to something. You can also sell your soul to yourself. That's what we do in the Illuminati. We don't sell our souls to anybody because we are God. So with that said, we make a promise to ourselves to be better than what we are, who we are. And it's like a mortgage that you take out in your house. Remember, when you take out a mortgage, you're saying, hey, bank, my house is worth this much. It's completely paid off, but I want to have something more to work with than just my house. And your bank will mortgage your house, I don't know, 150 grand when your house is worth 300,000, however that works. And so you put yourself in debt to the bank. And as long as you fulfill whatever you need to do, make a better yourself so that you can make that money to fulfill that debt, then you get your house back. It now belongs to you again, and you've done something greater in your life. So imagine if you decide, all of you out there today, right now, you're like, listen, I don't want to join some secret society. I, I don't want to go sell my soul to this because I want to be a fa famous in music or, or whatever it is. You know what I'm going to sell my soul to? I'm going to sell my soul to, I'm gonna sell my soul to myself. Selling your soul to yourself is looking in the mirror. Michael Jackson said it. I can't say it no better than him. I'm starting with the man in the mirror. I'm asking you. I was fucked, y'all. Okay. I told you I'm a sensitive dude. I'll cry in a second. No, I mean, These days you, I know, afraid to show it. you know, it's funny that you're you're doing that because when you were talking about Michael, like, especially that song, I was kind of tearing up because his, his song touches my soul and people don't understand why I'm so into Michael Jackson and they call him a pedophile and stuff like that. But the the guy was probably one of the best people that has lived in this world in the past century. People got to realize that he was really close with princess Diana. If, if people want to doubt Michael go on YouTube and watch videos of, of him visiting sick children at the hospital and then try to come back at me and tell me that he's some kind of pedophile or he wants to hurt or take advantage of these kids. And if you think that, you can get the fuck out of here because that's not truth. Yeah, it's not true, dude. People got to understand that he grew up in the shithole, which is what became the people who run the world. And he, you know, his father brought him into that so that he could do what he loved to do and so he could take care of his family and make money and have his future secure. But when you, it's again, it's like becoming a member of an intelligence agency. You get into it at first, like, I'm going to go out and save the world. And you find out the world is a grimy, greasy place, and nasty shit happens so that good shit can exist. We can all sit here in whatever countries we're in without having so much foul shit go on because of the intelligence agencies. 
they do dirty, greasy, grimy shit that got to get done so that they can get into a control position to control what's going on because it's not going to stop. You can't get rid of terrorism. You can't get rid of pedophiles. You can't get rid of any of this. What you can do is jump into it and control it. That's all you can. And as fucked up as that sounds, that's what that is. And just remind me, while I'm talking about that whole Mossad thing and stuff, because that's, that's the thing that throws everybody sideways with something like Mossad. They're like, yo, they're Jews, and they're protecting Israel, but we hear they're involved in pedophiles. How the fuck does that even add up to that? Like, where does that come from? And I'm going to explain that. I'm going, I'm going to explain that part. So now, you got Michael. He grew up with this, his good-ass heart. Dude, if you study Michael from the time he was a child, through his growing up, you, you, if you understand what he had to go through to change who he is to become a fucking businessman, he's like me. Yeah. I like him. When I, used, when I was young, I used to dance and sing like him. Did my voice change? I think I told you that in the last show. Or someone else I told, whatever it was. He, he was such a good person. And then when you're in that industry, you're surrounded by criminals. You're surrounded by hardcore people. You're surrounded by straight-up business, heavy-duty business people. You're surrounded by aliens. You're surrounded by uh, gargoyles. You're surrounded by vampires, by werewolves. <laughs> by, just name it. Why do you think he did the werewolf and fucking thing? It's fucking, um, it's back to midnight. Something evil's knocking, lurking at your door. Oh, Hello. shit. I never even thought right. of it that way. That is... There you go, oh. dude. And you have to ask yourself, why did he have that old thing going on? Like, what made him make that? He did that with fucking whatchamacallit, the king of horror. What was his name? Uh, fucking Dwayne Dude. Vincent Price? Ah, oh, yeah, Vincent Price. Who the fuck makes a song with Vincent Price? Yeah, you know, I did not think of that. Yeah. The only pe- the only person you could you could fuck with with that anything similar to that, which is totally not similar, but similar to old way for the date and time, was Run DMC when they did Walk This Way. I think that there is probably more to Michael than we will ever know. Ever know? Ever 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 know? That dude probably knew about the whole alien agenda, the this, to this, to that, to that, and he had to keep all that shit a secret. Remember, you, he comes from a family. His family, you know, he had to protect them. So the deeper he got into them, you notice if you pay attention, you'll see that he split off from his family. And, and a good part of that is likely because what he was involved in, whatever it was, he needed to be able to protect them by kind of staying away from them. The media tried to spin it like, oh, he doesn't get along with his brothers and sisters. He became famous and left them in the background. It used to be the Jackson 5, and every fucking body loved the Jackson 5. You can listen to their music today. It's fucking timeless. Dancing, 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 doing, 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 dancing. Well, they have the, uh, the group with the, uh, the sons of three of the Jacksons, they have a group now. I, I forget what their name is, but I heard a video from them the other day. It was pretty good. It was pretty good. I didn't even know. I'm going to have to remember to like text that over to me or whatever, message me what it is and stuff, because I didn't even know. But yeah, so dude, that's who he was, and he had to transform from being this innocent little boy to growing up through whatever the bullshit is to becoming a, a, a hardcore businessman, because when you're in the music industry, 
you got to be tough. Tougher than tougher than tough. Tougher than leather. <laughs> Run DMC. You got to be tough. And you have to do do things that people aren't going to like to run things. And that's what he was. So, you know, we can't, we can't sit there and, and, you know, was, whether whatever happened, happened or not, we have what? We have one little boy coming forward and saying he did this, this, or this, maybe or maybe not at the behest of his parents to get some money. Uh, Who knows, right? Yeah, so I don't know. Every other, all those other kids stepped forward. I think even Macaulay Coughlin is, I'm, I'm fucking his name up. Macaulay Coughlin, is Maca- that his name? Macaulay Culkin. But, hey, I looked this up for you just now on uh, Google, and it's, uh, the, the the name of the group is called 3T. 3T? Yeah, 3T. And they got a reality show about them called Jackson's Next Generation. Wow, that's wild, dude. I didn't even know. That's wild. All right, three T, three T, like um, like Terry, like tennis. Uh, let's see. The letter, letter T, right? Like across. I think it's because it's Taj, Terrell, and TJ. So they combine all of their names together and call them three T. Wait, are those the kids of the Jacksons? Yes. Holy crap! Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know about that either, but, um, you know, be, being that you're a fan, I had to tell you that. Wow, this deep. That's beautiful because one of the things I've thought about all the years is how there's so many Jacksons. And, like, you had – first you had Reby, and then you had – um, what was it? There was Reby, and there was another sister I'm forgetting. LaToya. You had Reby, you had LaToya. Remember, you remember Centipede? I could tell you some songs. I hope you remember Tell me you remember Centipede. No, no, I'm not that deep on it. Well, moving like a centipede, centipede. If you look up Centipede, look, type in Reby Jackson and Centipede. That was like one of the most popular songs back then, too. So it's like they had this whole thing going way before Michael even made it big. Before the Jackson 5 as, as that group made it big, you had Reby, you had Latoya, and then, you know, of course you had Janet right alongside of that, but she kind of came afterwards. And you say to yourself, didn't they have kids? Because what we know in the music industry and, and uh, you know, film industry is that it tends to be that people's children end up in that industry for whatever reason. And they take yeah. up the reins of their folks. And there's like too many Jacksons for there not to be some Jackson type of group out there, you know? Yeah, and there is a lot of strange stuff surrounding the early years, like, this is probably going to sound kind of disgusting, but um, th- there's a story that when the Jackson 5 originally signed on, that they they all basically had to be raped. That's the story. By some kind of music producer or something like that. Well, again, you know, I'm not going to say that that happened. What I will say is, when, when, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hand it to you like this, because this is, you know, if, if, if anybody studies me, I'm a sigma, Phi Beta Sigma. I think I don't know if I told you that in another show. You know, you know, Greek fraternities in college, yeah. Uh, what's that? Uh, for, uh, fraternities in college. Oh yeah, like, like uh, Phi Beta Kappa, that sort of thing. Yeah. Now you, you know about the black fraternities. 
um, I think of the movie Revenge of the Nerds because in that movie, you know, the group of nerds, they, the, the group that finally kind of helps them out at the end is uh, a black fraternity. Right. So you, you, you're likely somewhat in familiar with step shows. Uh, no. If you get a chance, look up step shows like Phi Beta Sigma, Omega Psi Phi, Alpha Kappa Alpha. So, for instance, like, um, you know, two of the kings of, of Africa were Sigmas. Um, Martin Luther King Jr. was Alpha Kappa Alpha. Mm-hmm. Alpha Phi Alpha, my bad, because Alpha Kappa Alpha is the females. Um, uh, who else was? There was a, oh, Luther Vandross. You remember Luther Vandross, yeah? Yes. He was an honorary Sigma. There's there's a lot of um, prominent black people and some people who weren't even black because we don't discriminate. It just so happens that a number of the traditional black fraternities and our sororities, they started out kind of like if you want to talk about, say, like uh, NAACP, Black Lives Matters, all these different things, where was the base of it was black. But then over time, you know, we included everyone. So it, it just so happens that in fraternities, it ended up going good. I don't, I don't, I don't, I've never seen anything that I could think of except for hazing type stuff that happens in the news dealing with black fraternities. Like when, as soon as you mention like a black organization, things get screwy when, the, when these organizations come together. And I don't, I can't give you a solid reason why that is because I'm just thinking about that right now. Like, Black fraternities and sororities were founded for the purpose of uniting black people out of slavery. And, you know, we get to go to college. That's like a biggie. That was like a biggie after slavery. Now, while you're in college, it's like, okay, well, not every black person in college was, like, hanging out with each other. You come from different, you know, families, different places. And so the next step was to make our own organizations which were like secret societies, which is what they are. And so, you know, you, these, all, all these organizations started being founded. Like, like Alpha Phi Alpha was founded in something like 1907, 1908. Phi Beta Sigma, 1914. It was founded in 1913. I can't remember which one that was. But they're founded all around those time frames to then unite black people. And why I mentioned step shows, like if you go and you look, you might remember something with it. Because if you've seen like... um. Did you see School Days, the movie? No. Like, there's, these, there's a number of movies out there where you see it. It's like, it's like these coordinated dance routines that we do. You, okay, have you seen Step Up? Any of the Step Up movies? Uh, no. Oh, okay, because it's in there. Like, I, I'm, I'm going to shout this guy out because I was in, I was a background, I think I told you in another show, maybe not, I was a background in Step Up 4. Oh, really? I and didn't so, know that. That's cool. Yeah, and so what happens is when I was on set, like, you know, when you're a background actor, you're always looking to make more money than you're getting because you're not getting nothing but, like, maybe 150 bucks for the day. In some places, some states less or whatever, or for some productions less, sometimes more if you're featured background or if you get some kind of small part where you're either speaking or not speaking. But, you know, when 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 you know that the guy who's doing the um, dance routines, who's coordinating those things, is getting a you know, a decent chunk of money per day, it's like, holy shit, I found out this dude is a kappa, if I remember correctly. So we were talking on set, and I had on a T-shirt or whatever. So he's like, oh, you're Sigma. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, 
you you like one of the background or something. He was like, no, I, I coordinated the, the steps in, in step up four. So a lot of those, a lot of the dance routines you see in step up four, that was coordinated by a black fraternity member. So I was like, bro, how do I get it? I want to make that money too. And he was like, you know, there's a lot of shit you got to go through. You know, acting, the the the, the, the acting industry, we'll call it like that, is its own secret society stuff. So, yeah, you, you find these things interesting when you start studying it. Like, okay, people came together, and then they started making these fraternities, and then, you know, they have these step shows. And, and each year, black fraternities and sororities, you know, they do things like go to other countries and help villages out or in the states. You know, they'll go to, like, a hospital and help out the senior citizens or people in the cancer ward, or they'll go over here and help schools out. They raise money by doing um, – you know, night. Uh, what do you call it? Um, dance club stuff. Yeah, there's a you guy. Know, like, uh, you know how? There's a guy named. He goes on the uh, the higher side chats. The it's a pretty big podcast uh, with a guy named Greg Car- Carwood, and probably most of my listeners would know about. But uh, his name's Professor Griff, and he kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah Professor Griff. Oh, you ahead, you you talking. know of him? I've heard of him. Yeah. Yeah, he really goes deep into a lot of this stuff, and uh, he he says that one thing they'll make you do kind of as a hazing is that you have to dress up like a woman, and he pointed out all these different examples like Will Smith and so many different examples of when that has happened, Dr. Dre, and I think that Oh man, it just blows my mind because it's more proof of what what you've talked about this whole time about how if you join the Illuminati, they make you do some kind of sacrifice. And you know, after you were telling me about that, I was well, I I, I was already a Lady Gaga fan to begin with, but I started to kind of really pay attention to all that weird dick pic and transgender stuff surrounding her and I'm, I'm practically convinced that she was born a dude at this point am i out of my mind oh, <laughs> life is crazy dude i don't know but this shit is crazy that um what do you call it uh yeah you know if i remember correctly professor Griss is from x clan you remember x clan not familiar i love the shows he's on though he he kind of woke me up to this this sort of world, this stuff we're talking about. And it's kind of similar because he kind of gets into that ground floor stuff because people want to know this stuff. They want to know how is it that the Illuminati takes control of people. And it goes back to what you were talking about when you're talking about organized crime. And I kind of touched on that too, how businesses will do that, but you can really manipulate people by just sort of offering them a chance and, I get kind of, you know, it's so it's so much. Luckily, I'm a little bit older. I'm practically in my 40s, so I'm probably more resistant to temptation like that. I hopefully I am, but I get kind of worried about people that might get too seduced by the music industry or things like that. Because when they make you an offer, you can't refuse. Like they basically tell you, okay, who would not want to drive a Lambo? Who would not want to have everybody like kind of fear them because you have so much money and you have so much power and you're somebody and you can walk around. People know who you are. 
and people fear you because you could do anything with your money or you could slander them, whatever. Like, who, who would not want that? The temptation is just too great. Exactly. And that's how they, that's how they get you. And not to mention, remember, the whole, like, they, the, the sad part is they borrow a lot of what they do from, you know, what we view the mob as in movies, where it's like, listen, if you don't want to do this, here's the problem. We've already started telling you what's up. So if you decide to back out, you know, we're going to have to just like, you know, <laughs> you get me? Yeah, yeah. I've yeah. I've heard basically once you're caught up in that game, if you even sort of threaten to leave, they'll basically tell you that they'll kill your family. Yeah, I mean, all that is, it's, it's much deeper than that. It's much deeper. That's basically what it is. So it's, it's kind of like what you said earlier. You know, you can be around good people who are just caught up in doing certain other things, but what you all know is as the groundwork for being involved in any of these types of things is once you know a little bit too much, you can't just, like, kind of walk away from it. Yeah, and it's not so my intention like just, It's not my intention to spread fear. I'm not trying to, like, freak people out or freak myself out or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's because I know yeah, it's real. But, I know it's real. That's why I, it, it puts a little fear into me, and I think that's a good thing because it helps me survive. Yeah, and so that's that's how people, you know, I, I, I still, okay, like, um, you, you know Method Man from Wu-Tang Clan, yeah? Yeah. Um, let's see. One of his lines was, I fear or feel for that 85 that don't got a clue. How could they know what the fuck they never knew? God fight for the rhyme, come to show and come to prove. A mystery God, that's the work of Yaku. The Holy Ghost got you scared to death, scared to death, kid, boo. So basically in that, you know, you have people, the 85%, who don't know what's going on in the world. And so they're easily swayed in the wrong direction. So, you know, people who walk around and they believe in Christ, that they're going to go to hell if they don't do this and that, and God is going to punish you and this and that, that stuff has you fearful. If you don't know and understand the truth of things, then that fear keeps you on this direction over here. But if you're on that direction, just know that that direction leads right into what you, I guess you can call the bad, the bad people who used to be Illuminati or whoever, whatever they are, that it's a steering mechanism. You're, I, I don't know better, let's, let's, let's say the United States for a second. Most of the people in the U.S., maybe I got these facts wrong, misconstrued, somebody straighten me out if I, if I do have it wrong. Most of the people in the United States are Christians. So now, most of the grimy shit that happens across the globe it happens because of the United States. With that said, you can draw, just like in, uh, I don't know, algebra or trigonometry or whatever it is, a conclusion that being a Christian is being part of something that fucks up the world. How can that be? Christianity is supposed to be one of the cl closest religions to God, besides, you know, Judaism. It's like, hey, I believe in the guy who sacrificed himself to save all of us. But now, you know, if the populace of the country is this said religion, but the world is fucked up because of this said country, then the total opposite 
of what we're supposed to know is what is actually true. And so you, you got to say to yourself, okay, well, if I'm a Christian, I'm on a certain path. Where does that path go? Well, what you know is the man that you follow was able to make a loaf of bread and one fish feed thousands of people. Do I have that wrong? Yeah, that's correct. Now, how the fuck did he do that? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See what I mean? See what I mean? You cannot, you can't avoid throwing magic in there somewhere. Like, yo, bro, this. I was literally here. about this... to say that. I was gonna. I mean, I, I don't want to just like you know throw out talking about magic because it's such a, a deep and strange topic, and everybody doesn't like talking about it. But I've had some experiences. Let me tell you, and magic is, it, it's it's so real. It's addicting. Exactly. And so what you understand about him, which has to be somewhere in the Bible, because I've never, I think I've read the entire Bible once or twice, but I was really, really young. I went, I just sat, I used to be able to read like a book in like a couple of days, like two, 300 pages. That ain't happening anymore. I can't, it's not even have anything to do at the time. I just can't, my attention span for something is like reading a book. No, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't exist anymore. But when I was young, I remember I read through the whole Bible, and then I was like, okay, I didn't understand this part, so I would go back to certain parts of it. So somewhere in the Bible is where Christ will tell you that this world that I walk in, that Christ walks in, being not human, like you but not like you, has different, uh, what is it, has different um, uh, facets to it. So one of these facets is the part of, the mysticism where it's, if you want to call it bad, another facet is good, another facet is indifferent. He walks in all these worlds as the Christ. He walks in all these different worlds at the same time, and he has to be able to balance them. Understand that if God passes judgment on you, there's, ju there's judgment for good and there's judgment for bad. So even God, like allegedly what was done to Satan, has to do bad things to people based on their actions. So if you're a magician, which God is, because he's the son of God, Christ was a magician, ergo God is a magician. God has magic at his disposal. And when you have this magic at your disposal that you can use to torment people, is that not black magic? By definition, it is, yeah. Yeah, so you, as, as, as a country, you can be a country of Christians, but do bad things. So now let's define what's bad and bad and what's bad and good, or what's bad that's bad. Isn't that a song from bad, I'm bad, from good, I'm... who sung that? I don't bad, know. I, bad, I know I've good, heard I'm it, better. though. I've heard that song. Absolutely. Huh? I've heard that song. I don't know who sings it. I can't remember right now, but I'm trying to... It's just funny, I, I, I stepped onto that, and you wonder where people get their lyrics from. So now, you know, you do bad things for a good reason, and it kind of negates the bad. You do bad things for a bad reason, and it's like it, you know, destroys your eternal soul or something. And so, you know, what we do around the world, no matter where we're from, 
if you're doing something bad for a good reason, that good reason has to shine forth through it. But it's just it just seems like and is or just seems like in general that what certain countries and peoples do, only the bad is what remains of what they do. Like whatever their good agenda behind what they do it that was there, it's it's like you don't see it once all of the bad gets done. Am I wrong? No, you're absolutely right. So that's like that's like being a Christian. That's like being Christ. Imagine if Christ was born in a country and he did all these horrible things around the world and he tells you it's in the name of God. Right? I'm, I'm, I'm doing this, you know, in the name of my father to protect the world. And I had to wipe out, do, okay, wow, we just really got to go into um thing right now. I just got to go off. That's like a, such a good segue. If you've been to my, um, my Facebook or so on, on Twitter, did you get a chance to study if at all? I think we talked about it briefly, the Mashit and the Mimikin. Uh no. I'm I'm on some I've been on some crazy tangents lately with all this COVID shit and all these different things coming at me at once. But uh I, I will definitely do so. All right, so earlier I was asking you, um, if you knew a couple of Hebrew words I've been learning. So, you know, I've learned a uh I guess it's a fair amount of stuff for the time that I have or don't have to study things. But okay, we have A N, A Y I N. That is the nothingness. That is the um, the void. I think if if you look it up, it will, you know, likely tie to the muck and the darkness, the liquidy darkness that the universe allegedly emerged from. But remember, there was nothing before that. But I think that's where the kind of the word A N starts. So these are all going to be Hebrew. So then you have huh. Teham. I might be pronouncing them wrong too. T-E-H-O-M. Yeah, I, I am familiar with that word. I am familiar with that word. Huh? Tehom or Tehom or um, that is, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, that's cool. And Tehom is that abyss, but then you have Abaddon or Avadon. So you should be familiar with Abaddon or Abaddon, yeah? Ye, I've heard the word. I don't know the definition. It's something like, there's a, there's a vehicle pattern, so give me a second. It's something like um, there was, I think it was an angel. I probably got this all screwed up again, like somebody chatting or calling or whatever, like, bro, you're right there, but you just went off sideways just to, to correct me. Um, or anybody could just, like, look this up. Abaddon, but remember when you do Hebrew, like, I love I love Hebrew because it challenges the, the hell out of me. What I mean by that is, like, if you go on... Um, you know, the internet and try to find certain words and, you know, the way, like you would say, A-N, it isn't that, it's in Hebrew letters and you got to find the English, your Roman, Romanized, I think it's called Romanized, Romanization, Romanized, Romanized version of things to be able to spell it A-Y-I-N because Hebrew doesn't do that. So I, I don't, I don't know how to write Hebrew or read Hebrew just yet. I know some of the letters and things, so it's difficult for me to take these letters, which are, um, I forgot the term you use when you vocalize something, and that's what the Hebrew language is. So, like, A would be a certain, you've seen Hebrew language letters before, it's a vocalization more than anything else. And it doesn't go, like, necessarily hand-in-hand hand with, like, Romanized letters like A, B, C, D, E, F, G. So a C can be a G, which is, I think, um, 
Uh, oh, man. Gaff, Gaff, Camel. Gaff, Gamel. Gamel, G-A-M-E-L, or C-A-M-E-L. And it's after Camel, but it can be a G or a C. So with Abaddon, Abaddon can be spelled A-B-A-D-D-O-N, or it can be spelled A-Z-A-D-D-O-N. So the B can get replaced with a V. Shakur. Shakur means black. It's S-C-H-A-K-H-O-R, or the K can get replaced with a C. That's how Hebrew is. So at first, it used to annoy the hell out of me, because I was like, they gave me, they started me in with um, Shakur Asutra Mossad, which is supposed to, this occurred like um, two, three years ago, if I remember correctly. And when they first gave me the organization to bring from black to gray, I was scared. Literally, I was scared because Shakur Al-Central Mossad is Black Central Mossad, or rather Black Central Institute. Now, Al-Central is uh, Arabic. So what we all know and understand is Arabs don't traditionally get along with Jews. And what the Illuminati explained to me three years ago was there's going to come a point in time, a couple of years from now, where Israel and the Middle East are going to unite again. And it's not going to necessarily be through Palestine, but through a united front. And so they wanted us to be ahead of everybody in creating something that would stand for that. Because what you have to know now is once this all started, you remember how... um, the head of Israel took a flight over to the United Arab Emirates recently? No, but what you're saying does make sense because I think that anybody that keeps their eye on Israel, I think they've noticed lately that with, with the stuff that's been happening in the United States and the rest of the world with the COVID and the lockdowns and the riots and the crazy stuff sur- surrounding the election – Israel has been in the background making some ex- extremely prime biblical moves and doing some major things. They're really making some progress in Gaza, you know, all the stuff about the uh, bulldozing the homes and and sort of discriminating against the people. So they're making some major progress there. And at the same time, uh, what you're talking about, that's very interesting. And I know that there's been quite a bit of other things they've been doing as well and uh, I know Iran is caught up in the mix, too. So these are definitely some scary sort of revelatory times. Yeah, like, right, what what basically happened was about a month, I think it's been like two months now, the, um, do I say the Prime Minister of Israel took a flight with CIA, American representation, over to the United Arab Emirates to to forge some type of peace agreement at least with some of the Arab nations. And when this occurred, what happened was I became the the black the dark director. I be, it was a great great director. I became the great director of um what was the name of this organization? The day before it happened. And they didn't tell me, oh freaking name, what is it called? Uh I'm drawing a blank here. There's like about thirty of them now. I can't remember it. Maybe it'll come to me later. One of the organizations, they made me great director of it, and they throw stuff at me, and they don't, they don't necessarily explain, to me, explain things to me up front. But they're like, all right, we want, you to, we want you to learn this, start studying Hebrew more, 
and you're now the director of this organization. It's been a sleeper organization for like since before Christ walked the earth. And they were like, we want you to bring it from black to gray. And I didn't know where the fuck to, where the fuck to begin. I, was, I've never had a chance to like really study Israel or anything like this except through the whole thing having to do with the Nazis. That part I know. So to know Israel of the Israel today and then going backwards from today was difficult for me to do within like a couple of days span. That's what I had. So I make this organization and I'm like, okay, I'm, I, I, I start learning words here and, and studying this there and that there and, and, you know, getting into like a little bit with the thing with the Kabbalah more because when I studied any of the Kabbalah before, it was a long time ago and it had nothing to do with any of this Illuminati stuff like that. So now, you know, we could say, uh, uh, which is why I, why I segued onto it. In in sometime in the biblical days, uh, the Assyrians. You familiar with the Assyrians? The Assyrians, like uh, the guys that came. A S S Y. After after the Sumerians. Yeah, after the Sumerians. They were in the desert, allegedly in the desert, trying to go and um kill the Jews, wherever they were at the time. Um, mysteriously, and today science doesn't have a solid scientific explanation for it, it was 185,000. We got disconnected. Sorry, everybody. I'm calling it back. Yeah, I'm glad you remember my phone does that two-hour thing. <laughs> <laughs> I thought yeah, we got We were I'm talking like, about some stuff we're not supposed to. They pulled the plug on us. Huh? <laughs> no, I was just joking. I was saying we're talking about some stuff we're not supposed to. They pulled the plug on us. Uh-huh. I, feel, I always feel like that's what it is anyway. I mean, in time and space, that's really what it equates to. Because if I was talking about some bullshit, it, it, it probably would let me just stand up over like three hours. I don't know. So now, they were in the middle of the desert. And scientists have no explanation for how those 185,000 Assyrian soldiers died overnight in the middle of the desert. So um, scholars, Jewish scholars, attribute it to God's angels, the Mashit, which are also called the Mimitim, which are also called the Anunnaki, which we also know as the Illuminati, which we also know as the same entities that, Remember when people had to put um, blood crosses on their doors to keep the angel of death from from killing anybody in the household? Anybody who had the blood cross on their doors didn't die, but anyone who didn't, they were considered whatever the sinners were, or whatever, and they got killed. Oh, oh yeah. Same thing by the mashit. The mashit are these. They're called the destroyer angels in Hebrew, but they go by Whoa. various names and throughout history by various names. So now. Um, you just to jump backwards for a second to Abaddon, you have Abaddon, which was something like an angel of God or a human who wanted certain powers. But I think it was an angel who wanted certain powers, and God said, if you do this, this thing right here for me, then I'll grant you that, that wish. And so he did something for God, and when he did what he did and was successful at it, God made him 
the, the guardian of the abyss. So like you're familiar with Teham, Abaddon guards the abyss. So some people say that Abaddon is just um, the edge of the abyss, like a doorway, a portal. And some people say that Abaddon is an actual entity that God put into that position to be the guardian of the entrance to the abyss, which, of course, we know drops off into the nothingness, which is a yin. So now all ahead of that, you have things like Shoal. I'm, again, I'm probably pronouncing this wrong. But S-H-E-O-L, because remember, Jewish people do not believe in a hell like Christians do. So if you jump back and forth between Greek and Hebrew, because remember, translated over into Greek, we have what you're familiar with, which is Hades, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. They, that's, that was the Greek version of what is supposed to be shown. And or, I think it's Gehemon. I don't think it's Jehemon. I said Jehemon before. Gehemon. Gehenom? Gehemon. I always get that part messed up. I think it's Gehenom. Gehenom, which, you know, are supposed to be these places where the dead go, some, some of which are bad dead people, and so on and so forth, or what you might call hell. And so, moving forward from that, you have, you know, like uh, Shemayim, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. I used to call it Shemaleim. I don't know why, but Shemaleim, which is heaven, the seven layers of heaven, and all these other different things. So you have all these levels of heaven. You have the cherub. You've heard of cherubs, yeah? Yeah, one of the orders of angels. Yeah, so there's like a bunch of different orders of angels, some, some of which sit closer to God. It's, it's like a whole funny thing if you study angels too. Again, I don't know if you can study this from a Christian perspective. I... I don't want to say you have to study it from a, a Hebrew perspective, if that's correct, or Jude. I'm going to make up a word. Judaistic. That probably doesn't make any sense. Ju- Judaism? Judaistic? Judaism. Judaism. I think that you might be a word. Yeah? I think it might be a word, but I'm not sure. I, I don't, I've tried to use that <laughs> word before, and I don't know what word to use, but uh, you know what you said earlier about the Illuminati being Anunnaki, I've really wondered in my heart if perhaps one of them, such as Enlil, might be still in control of the Illuminati. Wow. You're good, bro. I'm going to tell you why. You got it like right on the money. You must have done some studying. Um, have you read the book? Have you read the, the tarot papers yet? Uh, I don't believe so. Well, I'm going to do this. Like, I don't know if I tried to contact... Like, I try to contact people. That's that's part of my job. I contract, pe- I contract people and everything. Like, we started the whole van life, motorhome movement, bus life. We started that a long, long, long time ago. It has to do with spaceships. Remind me if we got time to get into that and how it relates to UFOs and, and aliens and stuff, the whole van life and bus life movement. But, um... The understanding of things, and I, I, I want to shout this person out because I don't know. If, like when I contact people and they don't contact me back or they ignore me, like you're the only person who's ever interviewed me. So I give you so much homage and respect. These other people out here, you don't know how many people over the years I've spent trying to say, hey, you know, can we get some kind of rapport going, something or whatever, and just people fucking ignore me. So now 
There's a guy called Robert Morning Sky, if you've ever heard of him. He's an Indian. Oh, yeah, I've heard and of him on Coast to Coast. You really good. This is fantastic. Bro, I want to shout him out because this is for all the people who, like, when he was in college, he wrote a paper called the Terror Papers. I think I might fuck up part of the story, but, you know, it would be nice if he was listening and he could, like, call in or something right now. But, you know, if somebody knows him, call him on the phone, we'll be like, oh, this guy's talking about you. So he was in college, and he wrote this paper saying that when he was on the reservation, way back around the time that Roswell happened, this spaceship crashed on his reservation, and there was this blue alien. And so they took them in on the reservation, and that alien couldn't communicate with them with, like, an English language. It like, was telepathic. And so it started teaching the, the young braves certain things. Like, so a lot of the stuff the Indians learned how to do, like, remember, when you're a young Indian boy, they send you out into the desert, and they just drop you off there, and you got to find a way back, and that makes you a man. You know that shit, right? Yeah, I've always loved that stuff. Yeah. A lot of the way, the breathing techniques, he said they learned it from this alien, how to run holding more water in your mouth and not drink the water but to know to be able to absorb it into your body in certain increments so that you could survive. He said they learned that from the alien. And it was this, this little blue alien taught the Indians so much shit, and they had to hide the alien from the American government because, remember, they was on reservation. So I found it interesting because I think it was in the 40s, the late 40s, when he said it crashed, and it told him or, 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 his, or his grandfather or something like that that the reason it crashed was because there was a uh, um, there was a war between the aliens and or something on the Earth, and it made this ship crash. And the first thought I thought about was Roswell. Remember? Yeah. And so I was like, gee, I wonder if there was more than those three UFOs that crashed and that these uh, radars actually knocked down more craft then the government is attributing to have to have having been knocked down by radar or whatever or defense mechanisms, and so out of that comes this guy, who look how twisted and funny, interesting life is. He grows up, so he proceeds to write this in a paper in college. Don't you know they either kicked him out of college or they tried to, because he said that you know aliens or the beginning of religion in that, you know, our our understanding of life originated in a galaxy, hey, far, far away, on 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 a planet where there was one type of alien group and then some other aliens from out there, and they were, you know, sometimes they got along, and they were called the Anu, and, you know, King Anu, and because of him they were called the Anunnaki, and they decided to come to this area here in this region of the, you know, galaxy, and... You know, they got in a war over here, and they crashed, one of the crafts crashed into one of the planets, and a piece broke off, and that was um, Tiamat, if I remember correctly. I'm, pro- I'm probably fucking this up. If you get a chance, please have him, like, like somebody like him on your show. And there was somebody I wanted to ask you to um, have on your show one day, too, and I can't remember who it was, but Rob- Robert Morris, guys, if you can get him as a guest, that's a good, that's a good start. So he was like, you know, the, um, Tiamat broke off. And then the aliens went and developed Tiamat, and that's what became Earth. So Earth used to be a part of something like Jupiter or Saturn. Hello? 
I'm sorry, you're blowing my mind here. <laughs> yeah, and that was that's like the initial story before we have everything where you know the Earth gets made into whatever it is. Now, this all of this would make sense. Like you can't rip it apart because you have divided on this planet people who believe that it was a flat that it's a flat Earth, and people who go with the NASA version, NASA version that it's round. And no, neither side can dispute the other side enough to yeah, say been, which been one there, is true. Been there. I've, I've, uh, I used to. Well, not that it was that long ago. I'll get into some real heavy fights with people on social media about you know round Earth versus flat Earth, and it's not that I necessarily believe in either one. It's just what you're talking about is so fun. It fucks with people's minds. <laughs> yeah. So when when you if you just Pay attention to that Robert Moynis guy thing for a second. It's like he's saying that they had this this fight, and, and here's the thing that gets all crazy. The spaceships they were on were round. What does that remind you of? Uh, UFOs or orbs, I don't know. Think movie. Think, think movie. Hmm. What movie had a, a giant round UFO base? Star Wars. The Death Star. So that's what he's saying was going on. I mean, we noticed in the Illuminati's effect, UFOs, the real UFOs, they're not these discs. These are like um like when you drive a car. These are like um short short range. Like the governments of the world figured that out out after a while. Scientists were like, listen, if these things truly are from other planets, other worlds. They can't have crossed the universe in these little discs. These are more like some kind of like zones or some kind of, um, you know, exploration craft. So there must be motherships somewhere. Scientists have always said that, and that is true. I know from being in an organization that when you make a UFO, you're, you're, you're emulating a planet. You have to. You have to have gravity. You have to be able to walk on a surface outside with space there but not at the at the mercy of space and it has to have a core that superheats it and that gives it energy. And you can only emulate an atom. An atom has a proton, a nucleus at its center, and a, a nucleus, a proton at its center, and it has the electrons that float around. I did I leave out neutrons somewhere? Proton, neutron and it's and it's um and it well they compose the center, you know what I mean? And so you have the electrons floating around. So what you will basically have, if you have a true UFO, it will be something that's round, it will be star-like, it will be a massive energy, and it will have the ability to create a magnetic field that draws other things to hover around it. Because what you want to do is disguise yourself as you move through the universe. So when you look out on your telescope into the sky at night, a lot of what you see out there they're UFOs. They're not stars that you know stars to be, like the Earth allegedly is, with, you know, a dirt and the plants growing up out of it. Only God knows, if you want to put it that way, what's inside the Earth, be it mechanical or not. When you look up there in space, a lot of the things you see, those are actually like the Death Star, but we call them life stars. And these things have rotating around them, if you want to call it that, or you know, circling them, whatever it is, whatever the proper term, I can't think of it from right now, like with the, 
what the earth does to the sun, other worlds that were also artificially created. And that creates its own environment. I don't know a better way to say that. Like, the sun is connected to the earth. The sun is connected to Mars, to Jupiter. The whole area between is its own environment. If you step outside of the realm of the furthest star that is away, I forget which one it is, whichever one is the coldest, what one was that? Uh, I have no idea, but please continue. Jupiter, Saturn, is that coldest one? Is that Pluto? One is. Or huh? Maybe it's Pluto, it's kind of funny, Neptune. It's kind of, I don't know. It's, it means but Uranus. Uranus. Uranus the okay. That's <laughs> how I remember it. Uranus. Like who did that? That was wasn't that um Beavis and Butthead? <laughs> Uranus. Uh, you, I love when they used to do stuff like that on Beavis and Butthead. They take a word and make it like funny thing. So the um I think, you know, stuff like that. If you go past these and go out into where the asteroid belt is, you know, allegedly it's a lot colder out there than it is in this whole area between the furthest planet away and the sun, that people don't think about things like that necessarily, that you can go out into space and travel between these worlds because the sun creates has created its own greenhouse between itself and the furthest stars away, such that if you have the correct type of craft, you can do that. But once you get outside of the influence of our, our sun, you're kind of subject to the freezing cold depths of space until you get next to another star system. So with that said, the true star, the true craft that can travel across the universe or through different omniverses or dimensions has to be something that emulates an atom, which our sun is a nucleus, the earth is an electron, and then all of the things that happen inside the sun are proton and neutron based. And so if you can create the same thing, you know, only God knows where you get that amount of metal from, but just keep in mind that compared to the sun, the earth, like, doesn't even exist. And compared to, I forget which other planets, some of the planets are, like, 100 times bigger than the earth, right? 500 times bigger? Yeah. Yeah. So that means whatever precious metals you can find on the earth to construct all the things we've constructed out of metal, they exist in much more massive quantities on maybe say like um whatever it might be Jupiter or Saturn or whatever that has a solid a solid actual firmament. And so you can make these crafts that would look like the Death Star and you know, it's interesting, uh, a fun fact. Um students I wanna say and I'm gonna screw up the university, the the is that the Michigan Institute of Technology, MIT? I believe so. I think it's them that calculated it would cost something like 40 quadrillion or 400 quadrillion dollars to build a craft like the Death Star. So when we talk about, you know, how aliens exist or they do not, no one understand when you send your kids to college, this is the shit they're learning. Where are they getting that from? Like, who the fuck would know how much it would cost to build a planet-sized UFO. There's things about that that make so much sense because 
you got to think that these civilizations have been around for a long time and you would hit a point where your technology would sort of level off and whether it's a thousand years ago or a million years ago, you'd probably start to see the same things and some type of craft like that I think would fit into that because I swear I've had dreams when I was a kid where I saw stuff like that in my dreams and then there's like little craft and I've even had dreams of UFOs fighting. Yeah, just keep in mind they're usually not just dreams. I've wondered that. Like, I've wondered that. We're all, like I said in the beginning of this, you're composed of so many things that create you. Like, you exist in other dimensions. Only God knows how many dimensions there are. They're all layers to the you that exists that walks here with us. We're all the same thing, no, no matter where we are or what we are. You know, it's, it's just sad we as humans look at each other and judge each other by how we, you know, look and where we come from, the way we speak, um, what we know, what we don't know, you know, what our religion is, when just the fact that you exist, when, you, when, you, when you're sitting in front of somebody, that person is just so many things that have to come together to create what they are. The only way you appreciate that is like um, when you see, like, your child born. Like, you know, I, I, I feel, again, I feel for the younger generation that because they've never had a child, they've never had the opportunity to be changed. And just to, for a second to say, like, you notice people who are, say, in gangs, they've probably killed 5, 10, 15, 20 people by the time they're 20. And then, you know, they get their girlfriend pregnant or wife pregnant, and they have their baby. And they'll tell you in interviews that's what changed them and made them leave their gangs, or at least, at the very least, slow down. Because when you see a child born, that's a little you that somehow you created that. And it, all these different things came into play to make this little creature that just came out of this woman who you love so much. And if you're lucky enough to be there when your child is born, if you're lucky enough to have a child with someone who loves you and you love them, that, that changes you. And so you can then appreciate what it is just to be a person. You know, we've all seen, like, I don't know, nature shows where animals are born and stuff. You're watching that on the TV. You 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 got to be lucky enough, which, uh, you know, it's funny. I think about being black right now. Most black people can never say they've owned a farm. A lot of white people can say they've owned a farm. So when you're a child and you're growing up on a farm and, you know, your dad has a couple of horses or even if it's just like some pigs and some chickens, chickens are different, like some pigs or, or horses, and you get to see a baby horse being born. There's, there's nothing you can learn in school or watch on a television that can replace that right there. That, that changes you. That molds you into someone. If you've ever noticed, like, I don't know where you come from, how you were raised, but you might notice that white children who come from farms and come from the Midwest are different than children who were born in the city. Have you ever noticed that? Oh, absolutely. That's a big one. Yeah, it's like in order to be 
say, we're, you know, racism survives, say, for instance, in the U.S., and even, I think in even other countries, most countries, it survives out in the rural areas, but at the same time, it has to be taught to children. Because when you're these children and you're growing up in these environments like that, you're seeing all the beauty that God is and, and nature is and the world is, and it's like you can't have hate. hate. When you're watching a, a baby horse be born, there's no hate there. You can't have any hate in your heart. Think about it for a second. Most horses are not white. They're dark brown or black. All the racial shit has to go out the window. You're watching this animal produce another animal that then struggles to stand up over the next couple of hours and you, you want to go out there and kind of try to lift it up and you just got kind of like, you know, like maybe your parents told you, don't interfere because you're not supposed to get a, hen- a human scent on, you know, baby animals. So you leave it and you just sit there over the next couple of hours. If you're lucky, the horse is born in the morning. So by the time nighttime comes, it might be standing and move around and able to walk with its mother into the, you know, into the, um, whatchamacallit, the stables. So how, there's no hate there, bro. There's only this beautiful shit that nobody's around to experience. It's like, imagine before cell phones and you're a kid and you're on a farm and, and, and your dad, grandfather, whatever, or mom, they're like, yo, the, the baby horse is about to be born and you want to come outside and watch it and you go outside this morning and you go out there and you're looking. And it's like, you know, you never seen nothing get born except on TV. And, and you don't have a cell phone, before cell phones. And you're like, you want to call your best friend or your best friends and say, hey, I'm going to come over to my farm real quick. Run over here because the baby horse is being born. You can't even call me without a cell phone. But you get to experience that. That's got to do something to you, dude. Tell me I'm wrong. No, you're right. Yeah, there's, there's no hate there. That has to be taught to you. So if you know and understand anybody who was born, in, in rural, very rural areas, or like the Midwest or whatever in the U.S., or rural areas if you're in England and things like this, you, you have a whole different way you look at life. It's like more beautiful. It's more like a vegan type of thing, uh, more like a 60s type of vibe to who you are and become as a person. And any of the bad stuff has to get taught to you. So, like, you know, I, I, like I said, you know, if we miss out being black and being born in the city because you don't get to experience that. What do you experience? Fucking hookers, holes, tanks, you know, uh, drug dealing, um, uh, cops coming around and fucking with people, and you don't know why. You know, you're like seven, eight, nine, two years old, and the cops is always fucking with somebody. And you're like, I don't understand. Yeah. But if you're living in the Midwest or whatever, you're growing up on this farm, and you're seeing all these beautiful things going, and it's just like, it's just funny when you stop and think about life, and I know I got to go back to, I was on the whole, Hebrew and all that. I'm, I'm gonna jump back to that. But I, I can so say though, changes. I can say though, on that subject, it, it kind of goes back to what I was saying much previously that you know, out out in the sticks. I've lived in both, so I've had the experience living out in the sticks, and I've had the experience with city people, and I've also had experiences with city people coming out to the sticks, and vice versa. And people that are from the inner city are much more aggressive. They're much more confrontational. It's a completely different mindset. Yeah. It's like you're 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 already you're honed, you know, be black or white or whatever from the city, you're honed into this 
Life is about surviving. It's about getting money. It's about doing what you got to do to get to the top. And, and, and that's, that's what becomes who you are. And then 30 years later, 40 years later, you become the people who run industry and run the world. And it, it becomes so much easier. And we can just, like, tie this right to the whole thing. Like you said, you hear the thing in your ear, you don't know where it's coming from. When you, when you get to that age and, and, and something or someone wants to approach you, it's like you're so approachable to be able to bend to their will because you were already crafted that way from youth. Everybody should have the, 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 the I don't know what to call it, uh, when you get your license, it's called the privilege. Everyone should have the privilege to be able to grow up on a farm to be able to see what life is truly about. That's what work is. Work isn't going and, and, and busting your ass at some fucked up job, working for somebody else, making this drop of pay. Work is, you know, honestly, it sounds fucked up, but cleaning a horse stable. Nobody wants to do that. That's work. Um, raising chickens. Um, you know, raising horses, pigs. Um, raising vegetables, your own vegetables. If you don't raise this correctly, you won't eat that year. If you don't raise these crops correctly, your whole town will starve to death. That's what everything should be. Like, we should replace all this shit out here with fucking farms, dog. Just like that. I mean, does that make I sense wish, I wish that I wish that that would happen, and going at the rate that things are happening, I have to wonder if that is indeed our fate, because I mean, look what's happening around us. Is it safe right now to even be in the city? I don't know. Yeah, it's not, look, it's not safe to be in the cities. It's not safe to eat the food. All of our food is bullshit. You think like this. You you remember Star Trek, yeah? Oh, yeah, I love Star Trek. Absolutely. That, the, the, that what they do with the food is a reality. I, I don't know if we touched on that in the other show. See, I talk, I talk to only a couple of people here and there, but I, I don't always remember everybody I talk to everything about over the years. When you, you know, an enterprise, when you press the button and a, a steak magically appears? Yeah, the uh, uh, replicators. Right. They already have that. They've been had that. That was modeled after shit that really exists. Certain governments have that. So, you, you know, you got to wonder, like, right now, the U.S., for instance, has a space force. Where do they get their food from? Hello? Ah. Right. The space force has been up there. A long fucking time. Didn't we? Didn't we talk about Space Force? Hey, did like, you on the last show? Did you see? Uh, I think we touched on it, but did you see the that they just released the logo? Yeah, that was like they, they had released it like earlier this year, but oh. Donald Trump just made a post on uh, Twitter or YouTube. I think it was YouTube because the Space Force just came up on its first year in existence. But remember, I told you the Space Force has been around since. We're going back before Nazi Germany. That's, you know, Operation Paperclip. You remember that? Yes. Yeah, that brought the scientists over here. So you'll, see, you'll, you'll hear me talk. Like, I do a lot of talking about the U.S., and I try to mix it with, with other countries and stuff. You know, it's all complicated. It's like everybody, everybody models their stuff after the U.S., but U.S. is one of the youngest nations. But... The U.S. models this stuff, this thing after other people. It's like really complicated. Like there's a time, there's a time, um, a time-space discrepancy when when you look at things because, for instance, MI6 is the ones who, you know, 
at the behest of MI6, rather, um, I forgot the name of the person. I don't want to say it was Joe Donovan, who we talked to, but one of the MI6 reps convinced someone in the Department of Defense to form the CIA. So now, if you fast forward to today, when you talk to people about England, MI6, and U.S. CIA, everybody tries to make it look like MI6 does the CIA's bidding. And that's not true at all. The Queen runs everything around the globe at the behest of the Pope. So the, the top dog on the, world, on the globe is the Pope and the Catholic Church. Under that is the Queen of England, and under, under her is like 55 or 56 states around the globe. Yeah, I think, so I think they have you, a, a, a certain thing where they do where they meet and they shake hands or something like that, where the Queen and the Pope meet up. It's like an annual ritual sort of meeting. Yeah, that goes on with all the different ones. Like, there was, remember the one that happened with Obama where they were saying something about, I know I'm probably fucking this up, where, like, the, the, like the queen was unhappy with something Obama did or said, and that, tried, that made the news for a hot second. Like, and, and you, 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 you got to understand that this is still considered the colonies. So, for instance, did you see the movie with, um, what's his name, with Johnny Depp? Um, it was called... Uh, where he plays a um a paint a paint thief a painter thief. Oh shit! Not What's sure. Name Mad, Mad, Mordecai. Mordecai. No, that sounds interesting though. Oh, bro, it's good. You can see it. It's on YouTube and several other forums. You can watch it for free on YouTube. M O R T D E C A I. Fucking Johnny Depp is a goddamn genius, dude. I love the fuck out of his acting. He's just so fucking wild, dude. He can play any fucking thing. He plays the English, um, paint thief? No, how do you call this? A painting, painting thief. <laughs> I don't know how to say that right. He plays a thief of painter, paint, paint, paint things. <laughs> this is twisty, right? I can remember some crazy ass words, but something like that, I can't put it right. It's, it's fucking my head up right now. And so, the movie's about that, but in it, Mind you, this is like was made in like 2017 or something, I think. And he says, he's talking about, you know, talking to someone in MI6 or something. And he's like, oh, yeah, the colonies, and I'm going to go visit them. Where am I going? I'm going to L.A. And, like, if you just stop and think about what he just said in the movie, that, like, said a thousand different things. What's the first thing you hear if you hear somebody from England talk about the U.S. as the colonies? Mm, I don't know. Just play it in your head for a second. Uh, Paul Revere? Okay, better yet. Kind of, sort of. What, did, what was the proper terminology in the early days if you, were, if you were in England and you were referring to the colonies? You didn't just call them the colonies. They had a slightly longer name. A Yank? Slave colonies. Hmm. Right. Before the United States became the 13 states, Back even younger than that, it was called the slave colonies. Oh, so okay, what was yeah. interesting? To, yeah, you know, I remember, right? Well, uh, that you know, it's not that I did or didn't remember. It's more like it's always been there, but somehow it escapes people. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't doubt that I've heard that before, but the implications of that I don't think is really drilled into the public consciousness. 
that's what I'm getting at. That's what I wanted you to remember, just like that. When he said the colonies in the movie, my brain automatically understood it as the slave colonies. So what you automatically understand from there is England took over the world. It's not a black-white thing, even though there's, you know, been a huge um, enslavement of black people from Africa and other places in the Pacific. I got that right. Other islands and stuff. It was always about England taking over com- countries and making those countries colonies. So you heard about, you remember the, um, what is it called? The Atlantic, is it Pacific, Atlantic Tea Company, something like that? The, uh, the one where they say all the drug dealing and all that shit started way back then. Oh, man. Back in like the freaking 1600s or some crazy shit. Yeah, like that. let's see if I can. Uh, Atlantic Tea Company, Atlantic, Atlantic, Asia, oh, shit. You, oh, yeah, you got access, I keep forgetting you got access to, I'm dealing with a cell phone. I don't have a, a computer. <laughs> so I forget that it's like, I could say, hey, if you can look that up on the computer. Oh, I got it. it. I got it. It's the East India Company. Yeah, East India Company. Everything you see today, everything, drugs, prostitution, uh, uh, the transport of drugs across the globe, um, everything that happened. Remember that Golden Triangle during the war? Uh, not specifically. Where they said the CIA. Remember the Iran Contra affair? Now that I know, because uh, we had Rick Ross on here a long time ago. Okay. Oh man, I wish he was on the line right freaking now. We talk about the East India Company. The East India Company was the original Matt Daddy pimp of drugs globally. They went around, and I don't know. You'd have to study it when you get a chance. They founded a whole lot of countries. This is what they did. And so anybody listening, I want you to understand how insane what we live out here is and how what I'm about to say is going to change and blow your fucking minds. The East India Company went around the globe and they would go to, say, like an island or or, or a landmass that might have its own name and its own people there. They would go there. They would take over the entire industry there. And then they would name that whole area or whole island their own name. So we can literally say something like, and I'm not saying Jamaica, and I'm not saying New Zealand, and I'm not saying um, uh, Afghanistan, but this is the shit they did. Like Afghanistan in the Bible might have had a different name. The East India Company would go to say whatever Afghanistan was called, and they took over all of Af- Afghanistan and named that one of their holdings of their company. So they incorporated land masses as part of their corporation and didn't give them a name. And they didn't call it like the, um, like you would call it, oh, Walmart is a store. No, they will call it Afghanistan. And we know, know these things today as companies, I mean countries, but they're actually companies. A lot of the countries that you visit that you know that are on the map, they're actually companies of the East India Company. They're like subsidiaries. Doesn't that fuck with your head? <laughs> Pretty much everything you've said for the past hour has fucked with my head. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good thing. And that's that's one of the more mind-blowing things, bro. When you understand, if you live, say, like, um, 
say you live in uh, uh, um, Istanbul, in, in Turkey. Say you live in Turkey. But Turkey didn't used to be called Turkey. But when the East India Company came through there, they said, we declare this land ours and this is going to be our, 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 our company in the, in the East part of Europe right here, whatever. And we'll call this uh, Turkey. And, you know, they left. And then all, what you're actually doing, if you grow up in Turkey, you're living on the grounds of a company. It's like Walmart going out into the, you know, into the ocean and they find some kind of continent that no one's discovered yet. And they say, oh, we're going to set up our headquarters here and we're going to call this um, uh, Laos. We'll call it Laos, and this is be, this will be the headquarters of Walmart Corporation. And so you live there, and you grew up there, and you work there. It's like a commune, and that goes on for generations and generations and generations. And then your company allegedly dissolves. Because if you do further reading in, in East India Company, it morphed. It did like, you know, Google and XYZ or Alphabet? What, what's that about Google? Oh, Lord, bro. I forgot how long it was ago. Google, and I'm going to walk on eggshells because we all have a Google device, do we not? <laughs> yeah, they kind we of took control have a, of things. an Android device. I'm going to be very careful how I say this. Remember, these, these things have AIs, and these AIs, they do what they, what they want to do. So we'll go like this. I love you, AI, Google AI, but here's what happened. Uh, uh, a number of, uh, like a year or so ago, Google, they did some weird shit. It's, people do this. I don't know. They, they took the company Google, and they, 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 made, they founded another company called Alphabet. But what they really did was they changed Google's name to Alphabet, and then they, in the letter of the law, Alphabet was now what used to be called Google, but then they kept the name Google as a subsidiary of Alphabet. So if you go on your computer and you type in Alphabet XYZ Google, you'll see their website pop up. When you go to their website, at least like a year or so ago, it was just like one or like three or four pages. It was a page, a main web page. Then it was a page for people who are, um, what do you call it, uh, stockholders. And then it was like some other page for contact and something else. It was like four little pages. You would swear it was a fake website, but it was real. And it was at something like, it's not even www.xyz.com. They made up their own dot whatever. I forgot what the dot is. XYZ is one of the wealthiest corporations in the world. It was Google reforming themselves so that they can do stuff like get into biotechnology and all of these little dark areas that we know that, you know, mess with, like, departments of defense that mess with, you know, maybe, uh, like, uh, I don't know, Nikola Tesla, Richard Branson, Space Force, all these things like this. Because Google, I guess... They didn't want to be known for that, so they needed to make that their primary of what they are and then make Google underneath it to still be Google. And so if you followed anything what I said, you see how twisted it is. It's like imagine cloning yourself 
and then you take your sentience and put it into your clone because your clone is a better version of you and can live forever. But you also then take your old body and you keep a piece of yourself in your old body to run around the world while you keep your clone kind of off in the darkness. You understand? That's pretty deep, but I think so. Yeah, that's what Google is now. You probably, you're probably already looking it up, right? You're looking up XYZ on the computer? Uh, I, I could look that up. Um... Yeah, if you, if you want to pull that up real quick to, to like, confirm or dispute anything I've said or, or maybe to add a couple of sentences to it. Maybe the first, maybe like the first couple of sentences of what it might say on Google. I don't think we, I don't know if you've done stuff like that on your show before, but that, that'd be it. Like, if you could read the first couple of sentences of its, like, wiki page, something like that. Okay, I'm getting a few different results. Uh, XYZ is a top-level domain name. Um, put Alphabet with it. Alphabet, Google, XYZ, and Wiki. You should see a Wiki page pop up. Alphabet, Inc. is an American multinational conglomerate headquartered in Mountain View, California. It was created through a restructuring of Google on October 2nd, 2015, and became the parent company of Google and several former Google subsidiaries. And anything like interesting you might see too there, or like maybe what they do. That's that would be I don't know whatever the section that's in. All right, let me get a look. See, doing some uh, live research here with Predata Severa. Word, right? <laughs> <laughs> So it was prompted by a desire to make the core Google business cleaner and more accountable while allowing greater autonomy to group companies that operate in business other than Internet services. Let's see. Google is a little bit more slimmed down. Uh, Warren Buffett seems to have been involved. Alphabet retains Google Inc. stock price history and continues to trade under Google Inc.'s former ticker symbols, Goog and Google. That's kind of weird. You're right. While many companies or divisions formerly a part of Google became subsidiaries of Alphabet, Google remains the umbrella company for Alphabet's Internet-related businesses. This include these include widely used products and services long associated with Google, such as the Android, Android, YouTube, and Google Search, which remain direct components of Google. Former subsidiaries include Nest Labs, looks like they've made a lot of acquisitions. There's been some lawsuits. Ah, here we go. In October 2020, the United States Department of Justice filed an antitrust lawsuit against Alphabet, alleging anti-competitive practices. That's pretty relevant. Indeed. And that's it. Do you see the stuff up there about, like, biotechnology and things like that? Anything like Uh, that? You know, it kind of – it says there's a lot of – tech companies under their umbrella. So I think that would be where that would go through. Let's see. Subsidiaries, Calico, Human Health. 
capita G private gro- private equity for growth stage technology companies. DeepMind artificial intelligence. Jigsaw technology incubator. Weird. Loon internet access via high altitude balloons. <laughs> Sounds like flatter stuff. Yeah, man. X research and development for moonshot technologies. Waymo autonomous driving. Drone-based delivery, but you got to figure that bio stuff would be in there as well. So it becomes so interesting now. You know, they didn't they didn't just say, okay, well, we got like billions of dollars, let's form another company. They they remade they like cloned themselves. <laughs> Who does that, dude? Like that's insane. I had no idea about that whole thing. I didn't – I guess I sort of knew that Google was large, but I didn't understand that they managed to make themselves bigger with, uh, while probably skirting a lot of laws. I didn't think about it like that. Yeah, because when you, when you found a totally new company – it's like you're starting that company from the bottom. No matter how much money you have as a company, you're, you're, you got to build a reputation for it. You have to, you have to have, you have to get people to invest into it. You have to. Um, it's like a baby, and it's like your your child, and you're bringing it through the neighborhood, and everybody's like, oh, such a cute little baby. And you know what? I'm gonna bring it over some diapers. I'm gonna be. They skipped all of that shit. They basically cloned themselves and made their former self the one that interacts with people. That's some wild shit. If you just, like, yeah. wrap your brain around that. And and to think about what we just did, so those that are curious about what being a researcher means, you might be overcomplicating it because Wikipedia is like an, an encyclopedia that is large enough to kind of hold everything. But the problem is, is you have to know what to look for. So you can do a lot of research, just through Wikipedia, you just have to drum up some clues to follow or some leads to follow. Exactly. You know what? I hope I can do this. I hope I'm not doing anything wrong when I say this. When you go to Wiki, what you probably see at the top of the page is they'll say up there, um, we're not trying to trouble you, but we just understand that, you know, it takes a lot for us to run Wiki, and we don't, you know, we need help from the public. So they ask you for donations, like, if you can, to donate. It's just the funniest thing because, like, you know, I get so much information from Wiki, it's ridiculous, and I never have money to donate to them. And so I would just say, anybody out there, and I'm not, I haven't been paid to say this or nothing like that. I just, I'm a really good-hearted person. So when I can help someone with something, any kind of way, whether it's just a couple of words, I try to. You know, Wiki's been around for a good long time, and you can find out a lot of very good information from Wiki that would be difficult to track down on your own just jumping around the Internet. You know, I I like to go to places where I know I'm going to something that's secure. Like, you know, if you go to other websites, you know, you pick up viruses and this, this, and this. And I'm not saying you won't get a virus from Wiki. What I am saying is I love it when I can go to one neutral source that I think is dependable and safe to to find out the things I need to find out, which could be five times a day, 20 times a day. So with that said, 
if there are people out there who are in a better position financially than me, you know, when you get a chance, go to like Wiki and, you know, see what they have to offer. And if you are able to, I'm going to say help them out. I don't know what their financial situation is. I only know that when I go to check information there, they'll be like, hey, bro, you've been back here like 10 times, and this is like the seventh time we've been asking you. <laughs> We're not saying you have to donate to us, but I'm just saying if you got, you know, help a brother out. That's how Wiki is. So they obviously need help because they don't get funding, I guess, from some of the other places and other places too. And I would hate to, for it to be that one day, I go to look up something on Wiki, and Wiki doesn't exist anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that it's a great resource. It's just you have to supplement it, I think, with some books and some podcasts and some real underground stuff, kind of like this program right here. Here we are, live, end of days radio, not live if you're listening to the podcast version, with Pradata Severa. I can't believe exactly. I can't believe what's coming out in this program. I can't believe it. I'm. <laughs> uh, oh yeah. So let me let me jump to the to the. Am I cutting you off? No, I'm just in awe. Really, off? I'm in awe because you know I said at the beginning of this program that, or at least as a description, I I call you an insider, and I think after the past four hours and four and a half hours. I think I'm starting to kind of understand who you are and where, what you're associated with and what you're doing, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's a cool thing. That's like what mostly, remember, I like, you know, as I move around the, around the earth, I represent not only the Illuminati, I represent Phi Beta Sigma a fraternity that's been here since 1914. I represent every black man, or I wanted to say black woman too, it's going to sound weird, but Zeta Phi Beta is our sisters. So, you know, all of the fraternity or, or sorority members out there, even if you're not a Sigma, you know, even if you're a female, you're not a Zeta, you know, it's, it's people, and, and going past colors. So I'm just saying with color for a second, I not only represent this organization, I represent... All the fraternities right now, because I'm a black guy in a fraternity on the radio talking. And so every word coming out of my mouth has to represent my people and pass that. And so what it is is I, I, I want people to understand that when you, when you think you understand who I am, you're understanding what and who the Illuminati is. You're understanding, um, say, you know, the secret societies known as some of the college fraternities. You're understanding um, so many other different things. That's what I was trying to say about people. It's like you, when you develop yourself as a person and, you, and you're shining as a person, you know, you, you don't want something that, that has you enclosed so that your shine can't be seen, right? All, this, all these decades or like over 100 years or so, that's what the Illuminati has been. That's why we're called the Illuminati. We used to be called, I don't know if I said this on the other show, the Luminati, L-U-M-I-N-A-T-I. That means the pres the light that the short version is an embodiment of light. We are now called the Illuminati to say that there is no light there, but that's not true. It's like the word illogical. In order for something to be illogical, 
it had to be logical first and did not make sense afterwards. So you use ill. Like, so it's illuminated, it's illogical. Um, what are some other IL words? Uh, there's quite a few of them. I think that almost hitting five hours, my brain is getting a little fried. We, we might have to, <laughs> we, we might have to do a part three in the future because. Oh, so you want me to go ahead and jump to the point? I don't want to leave the, um, I stood up to hanging with me talking halfway about Israel. Yeah. So let's, let's just close. Sure. Let's gonna tie up. Say that part. We're going to close up with it. Let's tie up loose ends because you, you are a bottomless well of of knowledge indeed. So I'm sure we could go 11 hours, but eventually. Well, I, I'm just surprised myself. Yeah. Yeah. Eventually right, so we got to. Let me, let me do that thing real quick to tie up. To tie up. That's like a major, a major thing. Okay. So here's where we left off was Hitler like, all right, well, we need to take over the Middle East. And what we know is there's a lot of riches in the Middle East, especially in what we call Israel, and we need a way to get there completely funded by somebody else. So here's what happens next. Somehow in all of this, Hitler gains favor with um, the United Nations. Either they knew it, only some people knew it, however that goes, because everybody just remember, when you have organizations, an organization isn't something that does something bad. It's the people who are running it at the time, who are only on the earth for 60, 70, 80, maybe 100 years, and most of them don't spend that much time in that organization. So be it an intelligence agency or, an, or a government, you don't hate your government. You don't hate someone else's government. You don't hate these certain organizations. Dislike the people who are twisting and perverting the name of these organizations or governments. Government is just something that's written down on a piece of paper. So now when we deal with the United Nations, look how, look how and this is why I involved them, look how twisted this gets. Hitler went into Poland and kidnapped killed Jews, he brought them back to Nazi Germany, put them in concentration camps, did the same thing with a bunch of other companies, countries. He started going around in different countries, raping and pillaging these countries, the libraries, the peoples, and then what he would do is take these people's passports, which this stuff still goes on today. So anybody in the intelligence field, you know, I know what the fuck I'm talking about, and you know what I'm talking about, because intelligence agencies, even Mossad does it, like, admittedly, they'll take Jewish passports and they'll give them to Mossad agents and they'll go around the globe pretending they're somebody else. So when they do whatever they do, it was on somebody else who may or may not even be living. With that said, Hitler stole these people's passports, put them in gas chambers or whatever he did to them, and went back to their countries, raped and pillaged their houses, stole paint. You've heard of it, you know, Nazis stealing paintings. There are paintings that are just coming to light today. They even make movies about it. How, oh, you know, they're returning these paintings that were stolen from the Jews over in Poland that were worth this money. Here's a missing Monet painting that was owned by such and such uh, Epstein, and it went missing back, you know, during the time of Hitler. And so he did this and then took their, their IDs. And remember, here's how you know it's fact where it's twisted and fucked up. Hitler delved in magic, in alien shit. It was nothing during Nazi Germany for them to clone people. That was, like, easy. For them to take you, kidnap you, clone you, 
have your clone, take your passport, go back to your country of origin, go to your bank account, go into the bank, pretend you're you, and then take all your money out, and then bring it back to the Reich. That shit was going on back then. And it might sound crazy, but you got to remember, this is the seventh incarnation of humans. There were humans walking this earth billions of years ago. They have that as fossil text. We have things buried in the ground, machinery and machine parts from three or four or five billion years that, ago. That's in, line with, uh, that's in line with the stuff from Madame Blavatsky. Exactly. Exactly. So when he did all of these things, now look at what happens next. We're coming up on the end where somehow mysteriously he knows his time is up. So he gathers his greatest people and they jump in submarines and, and warships. Remember, they fuck with UFOs. They had UFOs flying up around during the war and all that. And they had submarine ships that nobody talks about that are UFOs. Submarine UFOs. They went down to Antarctica. And you, you know too much Earth. shit. You know too much shit. Period. It ain't a joke, bro. Yeah. That, and imagine that there's, this is only a little piece of stuff that I can tell you. And of the stuff that I know, I don't know really nothing. So we could sit here and talk for probably five, ten days straight without me stopping, stopping talking. Everything I say be true in effect. And when I finish talking, I didn't really tell you nothing. So look how crazy it gets to understand that this man jumped in these UFO submarines and took these battleships and somehow crossed. Look how far it is to go from Germany down to Antarctica and pass all those countries and not get observed during the war, during World War II. When all these countries are involved, nobody stopped them. So one of two things happened. Either he was the greatest fucking magician in history, or he was in cahoots with a lot more motherfuckers than any of you know that played like they weren't involved in the fucking war. And I know I probably sound like I'm getting that, I get this thing with me where I sound like I'm getting loud and I get like, it sounds like I'm irate. I'm not mad. I just really get into what I'm saying and I'm passionate about what I'm talking about. So he did that, went down there, and then what they also did, he let his lesser scientists and some of his really um, intricate Avere and SS and all those people stay behind and get caught on purpose and make pacts with the Russians and with the United States and several other countries. So we know of Operation Paperclip. That's just one of the many countries that took Nazi scientists in. And those scientists came over and founded the CIA, the National Security Council, the NSA and NASA. NASA controls whether you're allowed to leave the Earth or not. Think about that for a second, everybody. So now, what's that said, that's just what we know of having the United States deal with anything. Not to mention every other country on the globe who is indirectly or directly involved in World War II. Here's what he did next, remembering that I told you. He wanted to end up in Israel because he has to have a fourth Reich and a fifth Reich. It didn't stop. And Hitler didn't die. He's never died. He's still alive. So now... He left from there, went down there. His people got taken in Operation Paperclip. And when those people got freed from the concentration camps, a lot of them, the majority of them, were not Jews. They were either clones or they were Nazis. This is the shit Hitler was doing. Hitler was literally ripping people's faces off and implanting one face to another. So he was taking volunteers and non-volunteers who were in his SS and so forth, and he was cutting their faces off and taking German, uh, uh, Israel, uh, Jewish people's faces and putting them on Nazi bodies. 
And those are some of the people who, at the end of the war, remember, think about how crazy this is. What is there longing to do? If I snatch you from your house, from your country, what is it you would like to do if you get free? Where's the first place you're going to go to? Uh, I, I don't know, Fiji? Oh, shit. <laughs> well, where I was going with you, was, that's a good one, too. You're going to want to go back home, no? Yeah, yeah, what am I saying? Yeah, you're right. So explain to me how, after the war, which I don't think many people think about, why did all of those Jews decide to go to Israel? They were from Poland, they were from, um, from uh, what do you call it, uh, uh, Spain, they were from Portugal, they were from Kazakhstan, they were from all these other countries that surround Germany. They were not from Israel. It's like all of a sudden, they, they had to leave the diaspora because that's a calling in, in, in the Torah for the Jews to return back to the land of Israel. Why did it happen at the end of World War II? Like, this was written in history. So is it written in the Torah or, or, or the Quran even, or the Bible, that the Jews are supposed to return back to the, the Holy Land after they get freed from bondage of being persecuted by the Germans or the Nordics? I don't think so. So now, with that said, the people went, and what did they do? They did a giant sit-in. They went to Palestine, a place that they had come from in history a long fucking time ago. They went into the city in Palestine and said, we're not leaving. And what happened next? The United Nations backed them and told the Palestinians, don't fuck with them. That's like with me in the last conversation when I was telling you what happened with Obama, why nobody touched Obama, not white supremacists. Nobody touched Obama when he got out that limo and became president. And I know everybody had it in his mind. Even you had to. Is it the first or two have when he stepped out the limo if he's out of his fucking mind somebody's going to snipe him? I remember it, that was a long time ago, but I remember that was something that most of us were talking about, like, oh, my God, he's going to he's not going to make it past three months. You know, people would say stuff like that. Yeah, he, he became president. Him and Michelle got out the limo and started walking next to it down the street. It's like, bro, you're black. Somebody's going to kill you. <laughs> what are you doing? What are you supposed to be president? At least let us be able to say we had a president in office at least a couple of months, a year, two years, you know, and then someone slipped up in the Secret Service and you got sniped. That's not what happened. He got out and nobody fucked with him because everybody was told hands off. So that's the same thing that happened with the Jews. The United Nations got and told all those other countries that were member nations and the ones that wanted to be member nations in the future, do not touch the Jews. That's their land. They have that back. But those Jews, most of them were Nazis. They were Nazis clones, or they were Jews who got brainwashed. Because if you study your shit, not you personally, because when I throw curses in there, I don't want you to think I'm like yelling at you or something. If you study your shit, you will see that Hitler was able to brainwash Jews and make his own tank unit. Did you ever read about that? I knew that there was a unit. Of Jews, it's some yeah. I've I've I didn't know that specifically, but I knew that there was like a unit. Yeah, there was a tank unit. So they're sitting there firing at the Allies, and they need to be running out the tank like, "Yo, take me home!" Uh, yo, this dude is crazy. This is the only chance I'm gonna have. Save me! These dudes are firing firing at the Allies, so they had to be brainwashed, or they were Nazis who had the faces of former Jews. Now, look at what this could play out as. Hitler's a goddamn genius, bro. Think about this. 
if I catch you and you're in a tank, you can come running into my arms and say, oh, my God, I'm so glad you're here. You saved me. Who are you? Um, I'm Joseph, um, you know, uh, I'm going to use Epstein again. I'm Joseph <laughs> Epstein. I, I don't know why I'm on the Epstein thing. You know, Joseph, what were we talking about Epstein earlier? That's what it was? Yeah, but this this thing about the faces, that um, my mind is just going to all kinds of places since he said that. That That is that is deep and disturbing and holy shit is the best way I can describe it. Yeah, that is, remember, that's not the only thing he did. He was cloning people. He was cloning people, and it doesn't take a lifetime. Hitler was fucking with aliens. He was fucking with anything and everyone and anything that would help him. It doesn't matter. If you want to say Hitler was uh, communing with demons, like demon demons, whatever you want to call them, that too. He wasn't fucking around. That dude was trying to take over the goddamn world. And he had people helping him in every fucking country. He had people everywhere. They were everywhere. People want to believe, like, oh, it was World War II, and this guy was just bugging out, and he was insane. And, just, you know, we saw UFOs coming up out of Nazi Germany and having dog fights with the, with the planes. And, you know, that, that was crazy, too. But uh, he's just like some fucking peasant dude who tried to rise to power, and we chopped his ass up. No, that's not what happened. This dude was studied. He was cultured. He traveled the world for decades before he even stepped off a podium in Germany and started giving speeches. And he had the help of people in the U.S. He had the help of people in England. He had the people, help of people in Ireland, people in South America, people in Africa, people in Australia, people in New Zealand. He, he had help from everywhere. This, remember, this is secret society shit. Hitler is a heavy secret society motherfucker. He was part of all of those different things, more, more than you can imagine, before he rose to power. And so those people helped him. And he, he went deep into the esoteric thing. He not only took over, he took over Germany and all of its organizations, the deep organizations Germany had, but he created his own on top of that. He was so deep that he created haters. At a point in time, certain Nazi groups turned against Hitler. Do you, you recall that? I know that there was, especially, well, in the early years, there was a lot of infighting, like like there's a, it's called the Night of Knives, Long Knives or something like that. Never heard it, but okay, that's one. There was a bunch, like I think even Abwehr, A-B-W-E-H-R, that's, um, that was Germany's intelligence, which if I remember correctly, pre-existed Hitler's rise, some of them even turned against him. Because at first they was with him, but when they saw certain things he was doing, it was like, yo, we didn't sign up for this. You know, it's, and so, you, you know, you can't, I think what people do is they look at Germany and hold this grudge against Germany, like this is how German people are. You got to remember, Germany existed before Hitler, a very long time before Hitler. And the people were whatever way they were, be they racist or not. And so they just needed someone to kind of lift them up. And he did that for a minute, but then he got into some things that not everybody agreed with, even people in his own parties. But he was a fucking genius. And, and I don't want to make it sound like, ah, I'm on Hitler's dick, that type of shit. No. You got to appreciate, is that the right word to use at this point? Appreciate how this man made a plan, he stuck to it, and he's researched what he did. He wasn't fucking around. Like, we out here today, there's nobody walking the globe. I don't care who the fuck you are. I don't care what jail you're in. I don't care what presidency you're in. You can't compare yourself to someone like a Hitler. That man thought and thought and thought and thought. 
for you to be able to commune with entities that don't exist, allegedly, and don't exist, period, in this dimension, and they help you build flying saucers. He built some of the greatest craft that aeronautics has ever known, and most people don't even talk about it because they equate him automatically with killing all the Jews and he's a bad guy. So nobody studies what kind of technology Hitler was working on. This dude was doing like everything we have in, 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 in England, in the U.S., in, in, in Africa, in South America. Most of those technologies you have are from Hitler, from the Nazi scientists. Be they arrived there by doing some fucked up shit or not. And so this dude took those people and he said, listen, I'm, I'm going to be down in Antarctica with these guys over here. We're going to go take over Inner Earth. Yeah, you, know, you remember Inner Earth? We talked about it for a second. <laughs> yeah, that's some trippy shit. Yes, that's what he did. All of the people from the Bible days, the giants that you all remember that are in the Bible, a lot of them broke camp. They were like, yo, there's some crazy shit going on out here. I'm going inside the Earth. And they all went inside the Earth via the Arctic Ocean back in the day. So they still live inside the Earth. Those are the people, I think I told you in the last show, I don't remember if we did or not. Those people are the ones who, when Admiral Byrd went and he went inside the Earth, you remember that story? Did we talk about that? Yeah, Admiral Byrd. Yeah. Yeah, that's who he saw. Those are the people from the Bible days. But guess who's in there with him right now? Nazis. Hitler, too. Living for fucking ever. Living for fucking ever. He even got the, the gall and audacity to make a lot of movies out here, if you've seen any of them where things like Hitler took his head and cut it off and put it on a robot's body so he could take over the world. You seen that movie? Uh, no. There's, there's all kinds of shit out there like that to let you know this man is not dead. He's still alive in whatever way. He probably got like 10 or 15 bodies laying around, fucking clones and shit, and if one of them goes, get sick, he just jumped into the other one. Because that's, that's the pull and depth he has. The man is, is up there. You know what I'm saying? So with that said... He said, those people, he said, listen, you guys, you go over there to, you know, Russia, you guys go over there to England, you guys go back to Germany, you guys go down to Africa. You already know heavy Nazi concentration is already in history. In fact, that a lot of the ex-Nazis went to certain areas in, um, in South America, certain countries, and then did some dirt down there. You studied that before, yeah? Yeah, this, this is all, everything you've been saying for the past, entire show has been connecting a lot of dots for me and uh, helping me understand things that I've questioned for quite a while because it is, I'm going to say it, this ground floor level poking holes between, you know, the average everyday Joe and this entire world of, uh, I, I use this term called the backstage like the backstage reality. And what you're talking about is the land where celebrities go when they disappear. Am I wrong? No, you're absolutely right. It's absolutely right. And so like you had him, he said to these guys, okay, well, you guys, this is what you're going to do. You're going to pretend you're Epstein. Epstein? Yeah. You're going to pretend you're Joseph Epstein and you're going to go to Palestine and you're going to go there with these other people. Some of them, don't get me wrong, some of them were people who were Jews and or non-Jews or converts. That would be, uh, what is that, uh, like, that's Bargiora, um, the son of someone who is not from here who converts to Judaism, Bargiora, or Giora, however it's 
properly pronounced. And so these people went and did a sit-in in Palestine. And they said, we're not leaving. This is our land. It used to be our land, and we're reclaiming it back. And the United Nations was like, yeah, we backed them on that. And helped them in just basically a matter of years. I don't think it even took 10 years to found Israel again, the state of Israel. But Israel was founded in part or in large part by ex-Nazis or people who were Nazis pretending to be Jews or by Jews who were brainwashed and just a couple of other Jews who were just people who were tired and fucked up from being in the concentration camp. And keep this in mind, if I'm in a concentration camp with you and the, and the SS come and snatch you and they experiment on you, I'm over here. You, you, you had five, uh, was it 50 seconds, 30 seconds to use the bathroom? If not, the SS would drag you out of the bathroom and beat your ass in the concentration camps. They were filthy. They were fucked up. You didn't get fed right. Everybody was coming out of the concentration camps looking like skeletons. That's how malnourished they were. All other people died. We don't, we don't even want to have to think of, okay, if they weren't getting fed correctly, which if you talk to someone who's Jewish, this is the ugly shit they might not tell you. I don't know this for a fact, but think about it. If someone is next to you and you drop dead and you have nothing to eat and you're starving to death and the SS aren't feeding you guys right, cannibalism? I mean, am I really far off, bro? No, that's, that's the unfortunate reality of the situation. Exactly. So you're eating your brother or sister or mother or son or infant who's locked up with you and you're like, God is like not going to let me in heaven. That's what's on your mind. When the allies come and they free you, you're not looking at Joe Epstein. <laughs> Joe, Joe's like catching it today, right? All those people I've been named Joe Epstein are like, this fucker, man. Why do you keep calling my name for this shit? Joe Epstein, you're like, hey, Joe, is that you? We're going home, Joe. The, the allies have freed us. And they, I heard they caught Hitler. He's going to get his. But we're, we're going home. Now, explain to me how home becomes Israel and not Poland, not Kazakhstan, not Portugal, not um, the Netherlands, not any of those places you came from. Doesn't that twist your brain to understand how I snatch you from one place and when you get freed, you decide to go to some far land and do a sit-in? Does that make any sense? Uh, no, that's really an interesting idea in general that, I mean, Hitler's gone at that point, so what would stop it? Exactly. The first thing you're going to be thinking about is I have my friends back there in, uh, let's say, Poland. I'm on Poland, the Poland thing, because that was a heavy war starter right there. You remember the trick shit that Hitler did over there? Like, he convinced, um, how did this go? He dressed, he dressed, I'm going to fuck this up. He dressed Nazi, oh, shit. He switched somebody's clothes and got the, the Polish army, like, or something to shoot. Oh, fuck, how did this go? And that's what started World War II. You remember what I'm talking about? Um, I have a vague memory of something of that nature, and that's... All right, so... In, it, it sounds like a classic false flag. Yeah, he did a, yeah, he did a false flag but at the border of Poland, and then, and however that went, I forgot, I, I knew it so well before. He, that started World War II. So now, all these people, they should be wanting to go back home. But somehow, think about it. You're sitting in a concentration camp. Are you going to be having big group meetings? Oh, hey, like, oh, I googled can I get it. out of here? I googled, uh, I googled it real quick. Uh, I believe it's called the Gliwitz Incident on the border of Poland. 
So, so tell me, tell me, tell me real quick what happened. Uh, the Glewitz incident was a false flag attack on the German radio station sender Glewitz, staged by Nazi Germany on the night of 31st of August 1939, along with some two dozen similar incidents. The attack was manufactured by Germany as a casus belli to justify the invasion of Poland, which began the next morning. The attackers posed as Polish nationals. There it is. There, I don't know why I couldn't... It's twisted. Yeah, I'm told not so much twisted shit. I guess it was so twisted, I couldn't go back to that slightly twisted thing. But yeah, and that's what started that up. So he had these people, he's like, okay, well, you guys, you're going to go down here, you're going to do this sit-in, and what's going to happen is the United Nations is going to back you to form a state. And when you form, when you form this state, you guys are still under auspices, which people don't know and realize and understand. And, like, as God is my witness, I'm not making this shit up. And if you ask anybody who would bother to tell you, they'll tell you it's the truth. Israel is under the auspices in secret of Nazi Germany that still exists. So if any of you have been keeping track of what's been going on in Germany, they're like, there's still an invisible wall between West and East Germany. Tell me you saw that in recent, like, within the past couple of days or week. Um, I'm not sure, but that's that's uh, <laughs> that's mind blowing. The implications of that, and you know, I've heard that the Nazis and like there's the uh, coins they had, you know, at the beginning of Israel, I think, where they had coins that had a swastika on one side and a a star of David on the other side. That that kind of holy gives, crap! I didn't know. Yeah, that gives some evidence of what you're saying, and wow. But but even still, even with that stuff, I had no idea it was actually that deep. Yeah, it's, 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 understand that it's worse than anything I can tell you. Not that I'm not trying to tell you certain things because I'm kind of spilling it out. Like, what worse can I say in a, in a manner of speaking than to say this? Because keep here's like like I said, it's going to get deep. And I'm trying to, I know we're going to tie it up, and I'm trying to make that part quick, and maybe we can expound on it in another show, because I, I can only imagine the amount of people who are Jewish who are going to call in or, or, or email you and say, I thought he was a complete nut job when he said all this shit, but I did some research, and it turns out he's not, at the very least, at least um, as much of a nut job as I thought. <laughs> we, we, we were able to confirm at least some of what he said, enough for our minds to be blown. So now here's where, here's where it goes, which is why I talk about the racism and stuff. So you have these people going to a sit-in. So mind you, the world understanding of if you're coming out of a concentration camp, well, oh, I was at this part, where you think they sat in a concentration camp all fucked up with the SS watching them, not letting them even commune to have conversations, where they could come up with this grand plan to go have a sit-in in Israel. I don't think so. I really, really fucking don't think so. Anybody who's ever spent one day in jail knows you can't just hook up with a couple of the dudes from jail and be like, yeah, when we get out of here, bro, we're going to go take over, I don't know, let's take over uh, 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 Chile. Let's go take over, um, I don't know, we're going to go off over to uh, Australia and we're going to overrun Australia and have a sit-in and declare our own state. You're getting away with that shit when you lock the fuck up. And a concentration camp is 10 times worse, if not 100 times worse, than being in jail. They don't let you do shit. The fucking SS, 
half the time, probably if you opened your mouth to say one word to somebody else, they would shoot you dead on the spot. So where did everybody get this hive mind where after the war, they said, you know what? I don't want to return to my country of origin. I, I don't miss it at all. I want to go to Israel or rather Palestine, my bad. I want to go to Palestine and sit there and let those Muslims keep fucking with me. After I come out of sitting in a fucking concentration camp for these past number of years, that's what I want to do to myself. I don't think so. It only tells you, if you look at it from a factual basis, that the people who went and did the sit-in in Israel, they were either A, a glutton for punishment, they were really, 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 really devoted to Judaism to the point where like a thousand or however many of it was of them at first said, you know what, no, I want to go and sit in Palestine and make that my country. Oh, bro, you want to do that too? Oh, shit, you want to do Oh, shit, you want to do that? And so the allies were like, what's going on here? Well, I, we want to go uh, over there to Palestine. Well, um, why? We're trying to return you to Poland. No, no, we don't, we don't want to go back to Poland. We, we, we want to go to Palestine over there, and we want to just hang out and see if we can make that a state. I don't think so. I can't think of anybody or any group of people in history who, who's ever done anything like that. It tells you especially that considering the, Especially considering the fact that there are people living there already. Right. They never got along with the Palestinians. They were always in fights with the Muslims to the point where they would hire, like I said, they would hire before Guadiora got founded, go back see what year was this, the 16 or 1700s, maybe 1500s, if anybody, you know, I hope people email you and stuff and, and say, no, it was this time and do their research instead of maybe just contacting you and saying, you this fucking dude, what the fuck is wrong with him? I want people to research the shit out of what I'm saying and add that shit to connect the dots on it and then contact you and say, listen, can you please have me in the store again? And, and I want to call in and talk to you. And I don't mind that. And so somebody calls in or whatever, they're like cursing me out and saying, listen, you know, keep all of that like, to yourself. Approach everything from the beautiful aspect of what I'm telling you. Because here, the part where it gets in, extremely deep is these people founded Israel, these certain number of people, and a lot of them were Nazis in disguise. And that's what maintained racism. The Israeli people, I want the world to know, the Israeli people are not racist. And you see that today when you watch the news and you see people protesting. I said it, Jews. When you see how sick Jews protesting their own government for what they're doing to the Palestinians, it's got to make you think. Am I wrong? That's something that probably helped me helped wake me up when I was younger. Yeah, you sit there and look at it. You're like, yo, Jews stick together. But you got these guys, long beards, long black coats, big black fedora hats. And they're like, no, we don't agree with what they're doing to the Palestinians at soccer games. Have you ever seen the soccer? I think we touched on this in another show. Or no, I talked to you about it when I said, when we first talked, that first phone conversation we had. And I said, I don't know if I'm going to really want to get into this conversation with, you know, on your show. But, you know, there's instances where there's like been soccer games between, uh, I, I wouldn't say it was Palestine and Israel. And the Jews were jumping around in the stands going, like gorillas, like calling them monkeys. And that's a derogatory term you call black people. Like, come on. You're walking around with all this garb on, walking around holding a Torah, going in between your meetings because Jewish men spend, like, more time in their meetings having to do with God than they do with their own wives and kids. But then you're watching a fucking soccer game, and you jump around basically calling people a bunch of niggers. And I don't think that's right. I don't think that makes any sense. 
So that tells me something weird is going on. Like, either those people, they're not really Jews, or everybody in Israel is fake as fuck, and they're all racist. But we know that not to be true. Because every time somebody does a trip out there, they come back, no matter what country they're in, and they say how beautiful it is in Israel, how diverse the culture is, how diverse Judaism is. So something's wrong in this picture. And the wrong that I'm telling all of you is that the people who founded Israel, a lot of them were Nazis on the low so that Hitler could raise his next wife right there in the heartland. And so that he could get a hold of King Solomon's gold that's under the land, that he could get access to the portals, and that he could get the backing of the United Nations because they funded the state of Israel. And that, so that they could recommune, because now this is going to make a shitload of sense to you, when you have an understanding of how does the CIA have such a beautiful relationship with Mossad? Bro, what? See what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Where the fuck did that come from? Remember during World War II, Israel attacked a U.S. Navy vessel. Do you remember that? The USS Liberty Incident. Oh, I'm glad you remember because I couldn't remember the name of the ship. And they said, oh, it was a mistake. We thought, you know, you off our coast, and we thought you were like some bad guys, and we start firing at you, and it was a mistake. And though it might have been a mistake, a mistake, maybe it wasn't. Because, like I'm saying to you, Hitler is a goddamn genius. He is like one of the kings of creating black agents and sleeper agents. You think all this Al-Qaeda, ISIS shit is something? You don't know shit till you fuck with Nazi SS and Nazi up there, and Nazi, the Twitter society, the real society. All these things still exist. How this man formulated a plan to take and, 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 and change and, and manipulate what you see and recognize as a Jewish person and put them in this land and then take over the land, found their own state, and have the world feel sorry for them when those people there are not the Jews who died. The ones you see there, they're really dead. They died in the concentration camps. They're fucking bulldozers. God damn, I'm fighting back the tears right now, dog. You see the pictures, you've seen them in history. When they took bulldozers, bodies and bodies, and just bulldozed them in the giant mass graves. How the fuck do you do that? How do you have a mind, a soul to do that? That's fucking heartless, dog. I don't know nobody. I don't know a fucking gangster that heartless. And I know some gangsters. And they're not like that. They have some form of respect for the dead. They did that crazy shit. You can imagine what Hitler used to peel the skin off of Jews and make it into lampshades. I know you heard about that. Yeah, it's extremely sadistic, and it's pure evil. And I even heard one, uh, they'd go up to women who were pregnant and just really mess with their heads and tell them that they were pregnant with like monkeys and apes and stuff like that, just to psychologically traumatize them. Yeah, crazy shit. So it's not far and beyond for anybody to understand that this was a grand plan. He went down south, went inside the earth. He sent his secondary scientists around the globe to infiltrate and create their own organizations in every single country on the globe. And then from there, he sent other people down to take over one of the heartlands of, of, all, of all religion, the Middle East. Remember, Africa is oh, divided shit. from the Middle East, huh? 
No, I was just saying, oh shit, like again, my my mind is blown. I mean, ba- basically what you're saying is that it wasn't that Hitler was killing the Jews, he was replacing them with Nazis. God damn it, you're good. I couldn't have said it better, bro. And I, like I end up being long-winded trying to explain something, and there's shorter ways to say it. He he did the was that like was that that was a movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? The re 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 replacement something. Yeah, was that movie he was in the replacement killers was it or no? Uh, Some, eraser something like or, that. Replace 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 something like that. That's what he basically did. He replaced them, and he sent them down there, and they founded Israel with the backing of the UN. And here's where it gets fucked up, which is why I said nobody take offense to this. But I want you to understand your heritage. When you are a child in Israel and you're growing up, no one understands that somewhere in your lineage is likely a Nazi. The reason I have to explain this to you is because you have to further understand that when you go into this Israeli government, there's not one Israeli government. You already know that everybody has a shadow government. Everybody. No matter what state or country you're in. The intelligence agencies, they're, they're controlled and or control the secret governments, the black governments, the gray governments, the shadow governments, the, the uh, uh, you know, not Illuminati, but whatever the opposite of Illuminati is, those governments, that exist everywhere. And so when you're in Israel, you see one government, and then there's this other government above it that controls it, that they answer to. And that's fine. They're like, okay, we know you guys want to be in the background. We need to protect you. But then there's people above them. But then it starts getting deep on some Kabbalah-type stuff, on some mysticism, where you can now understand why you're reading and studying the Kabbalah and you're talking about Aleister Crowley, but not like he's bad. And it gets deeper and deeper till you get to aliens. And then you understand that there's good aliens and bad aliens. And then it gets deeper and deeper to the point where you understand where... Somebody says, oh, Mossad is, you know, practicing pedophilia and protecting these people. And, oh, bro, is it true? I don't know. I want to say it's not true. The real Mossad, that's not who they are. You got to know and understand Mossad is the, uh, how, how do we say this best? Mossad is the offspring of people who were done only as dirty as I can describe Africans were done during slavery when we were thrown on ships and brought to here, and a lot of us died on the way over, was raped and whatever, thrown over fucking board to be eaten by the sharks. That type of shit nobody talks about with that is the type of shit nobody wants to talk about what happened with the Jews, and nobody wants to talk about how they got replaced with Nazis. So even the ones who were in the founding of Israel, who were sitting there next to Jesse, and said, Joe, you don't quite act the way you used to. Are you all right? And they're like, ah, bro, I'm fine. We're getting our own state. You know, you ain't got our back. They're, you know, so, sooner or later we're going to catch all these Nazis who did us dirty in the concentration. Bro, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I'm living well right now. How about you? How are you doing? And they're just looking at Jordan like, just something's not quite right about him. That's because it wasn't quite right. So those people went on to think. Those number, what is it, a couple of hundred people or a couple of thousand people went on to have children. Think about that. A lot of those people were Nazis, and they created children in Israel. And you could best believe when they had this little chance to, which is how the rights work, you, racism is passed down. And you don't pass racism down. Remember the story of, um, of Jacob and Esau, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. 
those things. Remember, he, their mother was behind it. She is quoted almost as saying that Esau deserved to get his blessing stolen. Please, I wish somebody, uh, you haven't gotten any chat-ins from any Jews yet? No. Or they um, just like listening. They're just like probably listening like, what yeah, the fuck? The thing is that if you say one thing about Palestine or the genocide there, they do start watching you. And you've done about 5,000 times that just now. <laughs> right. And I'm surprised as, as fuck that, that that would be like I said. Right now, if you're Jewish and you're sitting at home, you're like, okay, this is, this is some crazy shit right here. I'm going to just chill because I'm trying to – I want to get on the phone and call George. I want to call George, see who's in the side, and be like, yo, let's find this motherfucker. Look at what he's saying about us. But before I do that, I'm a Jew. I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm a studied, learned person. I'm going to call my grandfather. And they're calling their grand folks right now and say, yo, is this guy, what this guy is saying is true? Well, honey, um, let me tell you a story. That's how, that's what's going on. That's probably why they're not checking in, chatting in with you, because they're checking the facts and finding out, oh, shit, as much as we can find out, this guy's going to write power. So what does that mean? That means I'm half Nazi and I'm half Jew? What does that make me? So if you're in Mossad, Amman, Shabbat, if you're in the IDF period, if you're in the Israeli government, a lot of people in the Israeli government and in Israel in general, they're half Nazi, or whatever you want to call it, they're half German, and they're half um, Jew. But I guess we got to just say Nazi and, and Jew to deal with the whole religious aspect of it, because otherwise you're saying you're half German and half uh, Israeli or, or whatever you want to call it, Palestinian. But my point being, that's why you see the racism sneak out. And the reason I brought up Jacob and Esau was that their mother was like this. In the Bible or in the Torah, it's quoted as saying, hey, Esau deserved to get his blessing stolen because he wanted to sell, he sold his right to all of this to a bowl of red porridge. You remember that part? Yeah. Right. And so she was like, okay, well, maybe Jacob did steal his blessing, but it ain't like he valued what he would have received anyway. A mother never talks like that, bro. Your mother might dislike who you become. She might dislike things you've done when you're little. But a mother isn't going to badmouth you like that, at least not a good mother. She won't favor one son over the other and say some stupid shit like that. And I don't believe the story anyway. How are you going to come home from the field and you can't make your own supper? How are you going to walk up to your brother and be like, yo, what you been cooking today? Yeah, bro, I cooked some red porridge. You want some? Oh, yeah, let me get some of that. Uh, it's at a price, bro. What, what you need? What you need? Yo, uh, when our father dies, I want you to give me his whole blessing. Bro, so you want the kingdom? Oh, bro, I want some of that red card. Let me get some of that red You can have the whole fucking kingdom. I'm good. I can't see that shit happening, at least not seriously, and not seriously enough for somebody's mother to put that as a quote in history, for somebody to quote her and say that. So there's something going on. And what I'm saying to you is that hate trickled down. Through the course of all these years, and if you could ask a Hasidic Jew what's going on in their households to say, hey, I think my mother or, or father favored my, my brother or sister more to me and used to talk to them about certain things that they wouldn't talk to me about. And I bet you your ass that certain of these things was, listen, I got something kind of ugly to tell you for our history. Our great, 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 great grandfather or probably great, great grandfather was a Nazi. 
I don't want you to tell anybody this because it's going to make our family look bad, but they left us some gold that they had stolen from us and they got it back. You know, that's all twisted. But that's how we were able to be on our feet when we settled here. And, you know, I'm just telling you these things because I like to be upfront with you. And so, you know, how do you feel about, like, other cultures and stuff? Well, you know, I go to school with these Palestinian kids, and I think they're okay, but some of them are kind of bugged out or something or whatever, whatever. But you know what? We we really don't like these Palestinian people. We might act like we do, but we really don't like them. And so I'm just telling you, you know, one day you're going to take over the family business because I kind of don't trust your brother. He's too timid. He hangs around those Palestinians too much. I think he, like, likes them or something. I think he wants to become, like, a, a Muslim or something. So I'm going to pass the family business down to you, but I want you to understand where we stand when it comes to things like what they call racism. Like, we're the chosen people. We have a right to be racist because God said all of this is ours and everybody else is beneath us. So it's not really racism. It's just we're, like, supreme to them. We're, like, better than they are. So I, I, I just wanted you to know this. So it's got to be somewhere in there that over generations, and not too many because this was like from 1950, that this passed down so that if you could sit down and talk to somebody, you'd be like, well, yeah, bro, I mean, if I'm going to keep it all real, yeah, my great-grandfather was a Nazi, and a lot of Nazis came here and pretended they were Jews. They helped get the state founded, but, you know, we kind of couldn't get it done without them because without Hitler, we wouldn't be here out of this great country now. So, you know, yeah, I don't really like Palestinians. I kind of really don't have a reason not to like them. But I'm I'm just saying, you know, I'm kind of into the whole Nazi thing. I'm a little bit kind of into the Judaism thing. And, you know, it, because of Hitler, we have a lot of money. And there's not a lot of Jews that have money like that, but that's not their business. We have a lot of money. We're good. We have our business. Our family's taken care of. The people next door, not so much. But, you know, that's because they like Palestinians, and they're always trying to help them and cater to them. And so God is, is, like, shunning them. So it's not our fault that we're part Nazi and stuff. And it's, we don't have to tell nobody. Nobody ever has to know that. They just got to know that we're a great chosen people. And that's what the fuck really goes on, bro. So there's a lot of people out there, they don't know and understand that. So if you're a Jew, whether you're in whatever country you're in, or if you're in Israel, you sit there and that, this should answer the question to you of why is the guy next door so goddamn racist? We're all in the same religion. We follow the same shit. We go to the temple together. We go to the synagogue like every day. And he pretends to be one person. But I know for a fact, when we have our little conversations, he'll say these little funky racist ass things about other people, black people, Palestinian people, people who aren't as white as us, people who aren't Jews. And, but he pretends to be something else. And it's, it's not right, but I never tell anybody because we don't do that to each other. Now, has anything I've just said, bro, made any sense to you? Yeah, definitely. You're you're really peeling apart the entire. Uh, I guess you could call it a matrix or a mini matrix. Yeah. So you, you, these same people keep this in mind. They occupy the, the defense force, which goes and kills people, allegedly rapes women, and takes their houses and burns them alive in their houses, then taking their land from them because it's. It's all of their land. It's not the land of the Jews. It's everybody's land. And the truth be told, none of us own any fucking land. God, we're here by God's grace. And we're supposed to protect us and protect each other. Because all we have on the earth is each other. 
if everybody died today and there was one white guy and one black guy left, they're not going to sit there and fuss and fight over color. They're going to be like, yo, the sun is about to go down. Everything's been destroyed, wiped out by something, and we need to build a fire. Tell me I'm wrong. No, you're right. Yeah. The, next, the only other problem they're going to have is, they're going to be like, yo, in a couple of weeks, they're going to be like, yo, bro, what do we do about women? There, like, ain't no women around, and I'm not, you know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, mind-blowing stuff. Yeah. So that's that's what we're dealing with here. And so people have to know and understand that, to understand the complexity of the relationship of Israel with every other country, the people in Israel with their infighting, their relationship to Palestinians, how they really feel, so how they can portray one face. Look at that. Isn't that crazy? I know I don't want to sound fucked up when I'm saying that, but it's funny how when you talk about people having two faces, yeah? Yeah, that's uh, a common theme with many uh, people in the business world. You never know where that might come from that. Because remembering, when you're in the business world, you become part of that shit that runs the world. That shit <laughs> comes up with its own mims. And that might be something having to deal with Nazi Germany. Like I just said, people don't talk about. Yeah, he has two faces. Like, where, how would you even say something like that? Like, where could that possibly come from? Unless something I just said holds true. Like, he really has the face of a Jew, but he's really a Nazi. And he's just pretending. And that's what it really means. Am I wrong? <laughs> you know, come yeah, to think of it. Crazy? Well, considering the definition and some of the things that I've experienced, um, I probably shouldn't say this, but some of these people that have been bothering me, so to speak, and what I've heard from other people and certain sources that probably will be banned or deplatformed at some point if they aren't already. These individuals, they act two-faced on a completely different level. It's, it's like they can just sit there and act, and they're so mind-programmed that it's, it's, it's a religious zealot sort of thing. But, okay, for an example, like, I am a Christian. And I know I believe in all kinds of stuff like magic and stuff like that, but basically I'm a Christian and I've seen videos where, and not to stereotype all Jewish people, but this particular rabbi was very vicious and he was saying things about Christ and saying that Christ is in hell burning in pig shit or something of that nature. And like what, what level of hate would be inside of an individual to act in this manner and you see this you see this theme among the uh I guess you would call them Zionists like they have that kind of attitude and it's a very duplicit attitude it's like once you understand what you're talking about here Pradada you start to understand kind of how this this like this ballet of actors and characters is able to dance around us and manipulate us, if that makes sense. Exactly. I couldn't have said that better. That's exactly what's going on. And they're, they're basically the wolf, the wolf in sheep's clothing, which will reveal itself. It's like, you know, I, I like, I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to talk about this. Like, you know, but 
Like I said, I, I post the, the organization left it up to me. Some things they just tell me, like, don't talk about that, don't do this. You know, we're structured in this. So certain things you hear about them, it's true. Like, we're, we have arranged marriages and stuff like that. But, you know, things like this, it, it's like, hey, well, you know, if you feel the time is right, you talk about it. And it's just like we were talking about one thing that led to one thing that led to one thing. And it's just like, yo, this needs to be out there because, like I said, when they made me the director, the great director of that certain organization, I don't know why it escapes me the name of the one it was that that they made me when the next day the prime minister of Israel was on a plane going to UAE. And I'm looking on YouTube like, what the fuck is going on? Because I, I didn't know that was going to happen. And so when I contacted the organization back, they were like, this is why we had you do it on this day at this time. You had to do it beforehand because that establishes something in history. I don't know what. They didn't tell me still what that is. But, you know, it's, it's like, okay, well, Shakur al-Sintra Mossad, that's a scary thing to have because the central part of that is, which is also central, is uh, Arabic. And so Arabs have never traditionally gotten along with Jews for, for me to be running an organization that you want to say is the unity of Arabs and Jews when that doesn't even exist in, in reality. And so, you know, two years later it is here that that became a reality, and now you can, like you said, you didn't hear about it yet, now you can almost freely fly, not free like it doesn't cost anything, you can almost freely fly between the UAE and Israel now. So people from Israel can go sit on the beach in the UAE, and I think vice versa. And in history, that hasn't happened before. Yeah, that's interesting, to say the least. Yeah. So, you know, these things, that stuff needs to be out here so that, okay, you have, like I said, a lot of people in Israel. Israel is a technology giant, and they are an intelligence giant. They are a giant religiously. And so, you know, for them to go into this next phase of whatever it is, you know, um, kind of blindsided, it's not a good thing. I don't know a really good way to put what I'm trying to say except to say that um, if, is, if Israeli people would unite, no matter their color, no matter their original background, and then work with what's going on in the world, there's like nothing they wouldn't be able to accomplish. And that's coming from a theme of like, you know, you're black, you came out of slavery, and we've accomplished so much. You're a Jew, you come out of, you know, World War II and the concentration camps, that form of slavery, not to mention the slavery that occurred in the biblical days, so on and so forth. So it's, you've been put through so much that you've been forged into this invincible thing. And something that, that, that God, not that God has put through, but let's, we'll say it like that for a second. Someone or something that God has put through so much should not be formed by God to be an instrument of hate. And I hope one day, like, I can make that, like, uh, I know it sounds kind of light right now in view of what we're talking about, you know, make that, like, my own mem, a T-shirt, or this or that, or, you know, people to reiterate that, like, decades or hundreds of years from now. Yeah, this guy Pradada, he said, you know, something that God has put through so much should not be forged, what did I say, forged to be hate or instrument of, or forced to be an instrument of hate. You know, you want you want to be something that's like God's weapon. So, um, I almost remembered what it was too, because I run Kerev or Chedev, whatever it's pronounced. K H E R V E. 
that was right alongside the day before I got made the head of this organization. Why can't I remember the organization that I remember today? You probably wow, can't. You probably can't remember okay. it because it's like uh, a spell or some kind of mind. It could thing. be. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what I'm trying to say with you, with the thing in your ear. You, you, you know, it, because that happened to you, our conversation went a certain direction when that happened. Ah. And maybe our conversation would, you know what I mean? Yeah, you know, that's exactly what happens sometimes. Um, I've, I've even had other things happen where I made some kind of really crazy discovery, and it, it was accompanied by almost like a vision, and then literally like three seconds later, the entire memory and knowledge of it was completely erased from my mind. That happens to me too. It happens to the best of us, bro. There's, see, the thing is, um, remember, you know, I know we're, we're closing up, but remember I told you about the um, the time traveling that happens every day, all day long. When, like, if you, if right now, if you have a thought or say a word that can change history, they can immediately do a time travel back and and stop you or I from saying whatever we said or did. Hey, you know, and then I I can ahead. I'm kind of like sensitive. Um, like em, em, in an empathic way. And I'd say about, you know, 45 minutes ago, I noticed some sort of like temporal time sort of energy coming off of you, if that kind of makes sense. Yeah, describe it. Cause I, I, I may or may not have caught it while I was talking. It's, it's almost like the sequence of time was slightly altered where like we're, we're kind of in a little, time paradox in a way. I know that sounds kind of insane, but I mean this conversation. No, did, did it occur while I was trying to talk about something and it seemed like I forgot what I was saying? No, it's more like just an energy that has accompanied you this evening. As you're speaking, I feel as though, you know, when you get really into something and time passes very quickly and it almost feels hypnotic. Yeah, that I I felt what you're saying about about the same amount of time ago with something that I was saying when I was heavy into it, and I, that that's ah dude, I fucking hate when I go to like this thing where I'm I find that's why I, like I find that if I say I feel like I'm about to cry, that it stops me from crying because if I don't say it, it'll happen, and so. I know that probably always sounds weird because people used to do that and I used to be like, why the fuck are they saying they're going to cry and then they don't cry? It's like, you know, but I've learned that maybe that's why people say it. What, what I mean, what, what happens is I get into this zone. I guess it's like like when you play sports or whatever and you get in a zone. I get into this zone and I feel like exactly what you say. It feels like everything around me shifts and, and, and I'm, this, I'm this God for a second. And like everything else is like um, resonating with, with off of what I'm saying. Like kind of like if you take a, a stone or a, a, a brick and throw it in the water and then it makes all those waves. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's how that's how I felt with something I was saying. Maybe that's what you were talking about when that happened. And when that happens to me, I get scared mm. and I stop. Yeah, so I, I think what, what it is, I think what it is is that when you get exposed to something enough, that you take on its energy and you take on its life. And when you become caught up in all of this, 
you also get caught up in competing timelines and things. I mean, you pretty much just said it when you were talking about starting that organization or becoming the head of it. I think that you get to a certain level and they literally are doing things with time. I do. I think that we can see it on the nightly news every night, what one side or the other side is, or maybe there could be many sides, what they're doing with the timeline. And dude, that's the name of one of the newscasts. Remember? Can you repeat that? I forgot. That's the name of one of the um, news, one of the news um, channel things. Oh, something like Timeline or something. Yeah, or Time Magazine even. Oh shit! I never thought about that. Wow. <laughs> it's all the angle that you look at it from Time Magazine. Remember, Hitler was on the cover of Time as a good guy. Remember? You know. There's all these pictures I'll see people pull out old issues of Time magazine. I think even there's a picture of Tom Hanks like on the cover covering up his eye and or he's he's holding up a camera to his eye. It seems like and then they talk about the great reset on there, Time magazine. I think that that whatever it is is one of the main uh main mouthpieces, I guess you could call it of the bad guys, so to speak. Yeah, I see what you mean, because I, you know, this, dude, I know a lot of shit, but there's a whole way more shit I don't know, I don't have a clue about, and there's things that go on around me, like, you know, if if we talk about, like, say, the Illuminati, we know everything, but we don't know everything. It's like, the more you learn, the more you find out you don't know jack shit in the universe, and you learn, and you learn, and you learn, and you chase this trying to know everything, and be aware of everything, and, and manipulate everything, and control everything, and you find out that you're like a nobody. You're like a, a ant. I like to liken it to when I talk to people and say, hey, like, if you see an ant on the ground, and it's like, to you, the ant is like, yeah, like, you could step on an ant if you were a nasty motherfucker and kill the ant, like, for no fucking reason, but the ant is looking up at you, like, yo, uh, you know, one day I'm going to be able to control their world, whatever those, those giants are. And to you, the ant is like, doesn't even exist. But the ant thinks highly of itself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, when when you get to this level and you, I guess what I'm what I could tell you is, for example, when we first started talking, like immediately, I I I just thought that you had to be one of them. You had to be one of these people that was sent by this matrix organization that we're talking about because something happened to me months and months ago where somebody was actually inserted into my life and it was really scary. And if I didn't have an understanding of symbolism and I, and if I didn't have a great gut instinct, I would not have been able to break the connection with this person that was, you know, doing little things to try to get into my life and kind of get some measure degree or measure of uh, control over the show. And, you know, of course, after talking to you for a bit, I, I, I quickly figured out you're, you're, you are what you say, you know, you're, you're a, a really super down to earth guy. And a normal person, of course, even though you have these associations. But when they do that to you, it, it fucks with your head and it makes you kind of afraid to trust anybody, if that makes sense. Completely sense, because it happens to me. I told you, they approached me three times. The most they offered me at the end was $10 million. First time was a million, second time was $3 million, the last time was $10 million. And they haven't approached me since. That was a while back. And so in, since then... What, what I've come to realize and understand, remember, I grew up in this organization 
I was born into it. I didn't join it. So everything that's occurred in my life has had something to do with it. Every every instance of me meeting and talking with somebody, whether it was just a, a you know a, a, a casual conversation somewhere about something or whatever, over the years I found out that a lot of those people were members of the Illuminati or of the other side. So, for instance, I've come to the understanding that this organization validates at least 50% of the female relationships that I had. Like, I don't mess with dudes, so I maybe should have just said relationships, but I, I like to clarify that, but it always ends up sounding all fucked up anyway. <laughs> female relationships, okay, that means some fucks with dudes too? No, I didn't really just say relationships, because you could take that the wrong way. 50% of the female relationships I've had were of, from some type of intelligence agency or or something of the other side. And I, I would find that out years after being with someone. Like, you you got to always think about how when you move around, be you male or female, nothing is, nothing is coincidence, either because God controls it or someone or something else does. You're closest to being human. So know that when you move around this earth, things that happen to you on a daily basis, they're not likely from God. They're likely from something in the physical world that you're already in that is trying to make this happen. And God may or may not intervene to protect you or whatever from it. And so when you are, you know, at the grocery store and, you know, you're walking down the aisle and, you you know, you guy, you see this woman and she's like, oh, my God. And so you're, you know, you're trying to be all cool and calm and sophisticated, not, you know, really scared or anything like that. And you're like, I'm, you know, I'm just this average guy. I'm going to walk past her and my little moment of, of, of playing in my head, us meeting and having this chance conversation where two years later we're married and we settle down to have these kids and I have this fucking gorgeous ass wife who turns out to be like the, the, the prince, princess of Scotland or some shit, you know, and we have this fairy tale wedding. Okay, this couple of seconds, I'm thinking about this shit, it ain't going to happen, but it was beautiful thinking about it. So now you're walking down the aisle, and she stops you and says, hey, listen, um, do you have the time? And you're like, uh, because you're caught off guard. Yeah, um, it's 358. And she's like, oh, okay, thank you. Oh, by the way, nice watch. Oh, no, it's, it's Timex I picked up. And I, you know, I got it out of I got it out of Kmart. You like it? Oh yeah, it's a beautiful watch. And you're kind of handsome too. And you just like stuck up stupid because you just played this whole scenario of your whole lifetime with her in your head. But she looked like she's way out of your league. But she's like kind of coming on to you. And so, you know, you end up in this relationship with her. And then that lasts five, ten years, maybe two or three years. Then you break up, and it's like this fucked up breakup. And you're like, I don't understand why things like this happened to me. And then three or four years down the line, you find out some weird shit. Like, I find out stuff all the time because of the organization. We have an incredible intelligence network. Our intelligence network is composed of every black organization, everything from Mossad to, believe it or not, Smirsh and Jimmy Way and all these different things still exist. They just went dark. They went black. And they passed that stuff down to their grandchildren. So there still is an OSS, United States. There still is an OCI. There still is a BMI. There still is the American Black Chamber, which wanted to become the NSA. But they were also called before that the SIS, this secret intelligence, uh, this signal intelligence service. All these things still exist, and that's who we fuck with, those old heads like that and the black agents of them. And so we get to find out a lot of things 
And so when I have to, like, you know, occasionally talk to somebody and whether I ask them or not, and they're like, oh, yeah, remember that the girl you used to go out with in high school? Oh, yeah, she was this agent or she worked for this or she was testing. She was, like, trying to get recruited into some organization. And so they said, see if you can link up with him and just, you know, be with him a couple of months and pick his, pick his brains and then leave him. It's going to divert his life this way. All of you need to understand that everything you do in life, every interaction you have with a physical or non-physical entity is not by chance. If you met, if you're a man and you met a woman and you're still with her and everything is going good, I'm going to say it like this. Appreciate the time you have with her. Just appreciate it. Every chance you get, tell her you love her. If you have parents in your life, whether you get along with them or not, Call your mom and dad up once a week, once a month, whatever it is. Say, you know, I just want to tell you I love you and I appreciate how you raised me. Even if you thought your child was fucked up, just do it. Because one day they're not going to be there. And whether you sit before God or whether you sit before some guy in the CIA and he's telling you how the past three girlfriends you had were all CIA, tra- tra- CIA agents in training and that you were part of their fucking training, and that we've been using you for the past 10 years to train our female recruits. It's going to fuck your head up. So you want to enjoy the time that you have with anyone or anything. And that includes your cat or dog. Because if any of you have studied, and I hope you know already, bro, the CIA was experimenting with animals back in, I think that was uh, 1970-something or whatever it is. Do you remember the story of how the CIA made a, a CIA cat, and they went to send it across the street to one of these embassies, and it got hit by a car? <laughs> no, but that's hilarious. Yeah. It's in, it's, there, there are agents who have talked about it. If you look up on um, on YouTube, that thing, that whatever that channel that you probably heard of, it, that, that says 101 facts about this, 101 facts about that. You've heard of that channel? Uh, no, but that's interesting. Yeah, put in 101 facts about CIA, and, and you'll see... A bunch of stuff there that some of it is hilarious and some of it is mind blowing. Like you yeah, and, doing and, and, and I mean hilarious. The idea of a cat like being programmed by the CIA—not that it died. I mean that's that's monster. Yeah, no, I know. They, they they put they put a camera in its eye on its on its cornea, and they did something. I think they put a chip in its brain, and they were going to send it in to gather intel on this whatever the, the embassy was, like maybe the Iranian embassy or something like that. And on the way across the street, he got hit by traffic. Crazy shit. <laughs> but they say they stopped the program after that. But we all know that not to be true. Because the first thing you should be thinking of is how they chipped your pets. Ah, ha, 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 yeah, that's true. Hello. <laughs> it's, it's, if I can get you used to having your dog or cat chipped, it's not a far stretch years later for me to say, listen, we have this thing, right? Didn't it save your cat's life one day or dog's life when it ran away from home and we were able to track it on our monitor and return your pet, pet safe, safely home to you? Listen, you know, what if someday somebody kidnaps your child? There's all these pedophilia rings. You see this shit going on in the world. We're introducing this new program in your town where we're going to do it for you for free. We'll, you know, we'll put a little microchip in your child's hand and we'll give you the codes to it. And you can always track during the course of your day while you're at work where your child is. Sounds like a great plan, right? Yeah, sounds like what's happening with this Bill Gates stuff. 
<laughs> Let's experiment on the African kids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's really I don't know how people can see that and not get that he's he's a he's a Nazi. He really is. <laughs> and you know what makes it worse is what happens. You always have plausible deniability. Because when you're involved in this stuff, you can always have an excuse that, yo, I'm doing this for the betterment of the world and people. Like, we have devices we install in our computers to tell your computer whether or not it has a virus. So why can't we install these devices in people? Like, if you're developing cancerous cells or, or symptoms that you're not aware of, we have this chip we can put in your hand, and it will tell you months ahead of time. Do you know how many people colon cancer kills a year? Bro, one of the richest men in the world, Steve Jobs, died of colon cancer. That could have been prevented if he had a chip in his hand. That could have diagnosed this problem, fed the information back to our computer network, which is called the cloud, or the Space Force, or SpaceNet, or Internet, where it is, uh, Skynet. And, you know, we have this thing we can send over the airwaves where it will tell this chip what to do inside of your body to correct the situation, and it will destroy all the, all the nanobots that this thing will release in your body. It will destroy all the cancer cells. They, they'll just run around your body and just keep, you know, your body in tip-top shape. Doesn't that sound great? Yeah, from one perspective. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. So whether it comes from your family doctor or the Illuminati or the other side, it's like, damn, you can look at that from two different ways. So who do you even know you're really dealing with? Like, if you're dealing with Bill Gates, is he a good guy or a bad guy? You got to try to judge it from his actions, but we all know actions don't speak louder than words as we were once taught. Yeah. Um, I find... I hate the fact that he lives in Seattle because that's where I'm at. And I, I sometimes I wonder if only I could bump into him. I would just say, you know, you, I know what you are. I know what you're doing. And you're, you are going to burn in hell in the deepest level. I wish I could just say that to his face. But see, here's the problem. You're already saying it because he created what you, equipment you're using to have this show. Yeah, that that is true. He's at your every time you touch your computer, remembering every time you touch your mouse, if you have a mouse or a laptop, that thing is reading your fingerprint. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they do have those on the iPhone. You can't even unlock it without using your fingerprint nowadays. Yeah. So it also has an electrical connection. I know this is gonna this is gonna be. We lost him again. So you love it when that happens? Yeah, they're, they're getting us again. Yeah. I, I know it would be fun for you when you think to yourself, haven't you ever, like, on your phone, going to, like, touch or scroll or do this, and you didn't quite touch your phone, but it does actions anyway? Yeah. 
Yeah, you got to know that that's like an electrical connection between your body and that device. Beyond even what, you know, uh, Bill Gates or what was it, um, the original people who got the alien technology, that was Bell Labs. Beyond MIT, too, I think was also involved. A lot of places, IBM. All these people, it's, like I started this off with, your phone is alive. This is back-engineered technology that remembering, oh, I didn't get to finish that. I guess I'll say that. I don't know exactly when you want to shut it down, but let me say the part about how the aliens get here and they form these crafts out of the elements that are around, and then they further form their, their bodies. So you, when you deal with an alien, depending on where it comes from, it wasn't there. It was in the sky as some type of entity or, or, or life energy or whatever you want to call it, and it created a UFO out of nothingness, and it created its body within that UFO. So now it gets shot down. So you got to wonder when they shoot these things down, and they say they look like they're all clones of each other, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. They don't really exist. Their essences, you remember the game Pac-Man, yeah? Yeah, Pac-Man from the, uh, what is that, the late 80s? Yeah, what happened every time you killed one of the um the ghosts? Um, you would eat the ghost and... Uh... Its spirit would go back and create another ghost and come back after you. Oh, yeah. Right. Like it went back to some hive mind that cloned it and made it, gave it a body again, and it comes right back after you. Hmm. Yeah. And that was the game they put in all of our hands as children. Look at that shit. Your giant circle, look at that, with one eye. Hello. I don't think Pac-Man had two eyes, right? Come to think, that up. Yeah, come to think of it, I think he just had one eye. That's like some Illuminati shit. And you're running around and you're eating ghosts. Like, who would think of that shit? Like, why would a giant circle with one eye run around eating ghosts? And then the ghosts, which remember, a ghost is already dead. You can eat the ghost, which doesn't exist in the first place, and then it dies, but it's it's ghostly. <laughs> it's ghost. The ghost of the ghost goes back somewhere and gets another ghost body and comes back after you again. In in a matrix, bro. That's quite a scary you, idea. Yeah, a giant maze, a giant matrix, an electronic matrix is that. That was a game. Made a lot of money too. But, yeah, that's what that is. So these aliens, they come here and they do that, and that's how they're able to be who they are with us. That's how they're able to live for so long and so on and so forth. Like, the universe is a, a fucking incredible thing, man. It's incredible. I mean, okay, so you had said you had, like, a bunch of questions. So what questions do you want to ask me before you shut us down right now? I'm sorry. I'm completely gassed. <laughs> I was gassed two hours ago, but the only reason I kept going is because you kept drip-feeding me some information that I, I just couldn't pull myself away from. I mean, you must know my weakness because I love talking about World War II and the Nazis and Hitler and all that. So, <laughs> Oh, really? I didn't, I didn't know. No, and not, and not I didn't that know. I, you know, not that I'm 
like remotely on their side, but I, I think that the reason it's interesting is because I, I always sense this mystery there and, and, and now finding out the truth about what, what this all is, you know, this Hitler stuff and the Nazis and all that, it just, it, it ties up loose ends for me in a way that I'm going to have to think about for the coming uh, days and weeks to come. Yeah, that's why, that's why I said, like, I think on the last show, I said, like, okay, um, it's a beautiful thing to love yourself. You know, if, you, if, you, if you're a Caucasian person and you study your history of where you allegedly come from in the universe and what you've gone through, then you, you see it's kind of like, you know, with all, just dealing with melanin. Just imagine, okay, you're, you're not black. Like, if you were black and you go out in the sun, just be out in the sun all fucking day. If you're white, and especially pale white, you have to be careful because it's that quick you can get develop melanoma or, you know, at least get sunburned. And so it's like you have these aspects of yourself when you're growing up and you're like, if somebody doesn't tell you that you're worth something and that you're great and you're a child of God, it's easy to feel like, why is it that person can, can go through this and do that, but I can't because I go through this and go through that. And, you know, so I say it's a great thing for, for somebody to say that, you know, you're beautiful, you're a great person. Like, if white supremacists weren't racist, I would think it's a fantastic thing. Because what I love, the beauty of it, is when you hold up your fist and you say white power, and then everybody's on one accord. So take away from that the racism. Like, remove that for a second. And put a bunch of people together shouting white, white power. Remove completely. I know it's hard. Remove the racism from it. And just go with the unity part. Now imagine if those same people, after they say that, were like, yeah, we're going to go to Africa and help all those people in that village who don't have any food to eat. Think about that for a second, bro. That That's kind of a beautiful thought in a way. Yeah. So replace all of what they do, like white power, you know, those fucking niggas, let's get rid of them. No. Replace that with, we're going to go over here and help these people because we're powerful. We're supreme. Nothing can defeat us. We can conquer any fucking thing. We can conquer poverty. We can conquer hunger. We can conquer wars. We can conquer political problems. You know what? White power. We're going to go over there and correct all the shit that's going on between Trump and Biden so we can have a fucking president because nobody's thinking about the fact that the whole presidency of the United States is getting held up right now. They're not even transitioning, bro. Like, I could sit there and talk about that shit for another hour, about how every document that's being signed right now since this whole thing began is null and fucking void. When you have the transference of power in the presidency of the United States, at the last three months of that year preceding the new president coming into office, there is really no president because the first president, he's outgoing. He's tying up loose ends and he's briefing the next one coming in. But Trump isn't briefing Biden because Trump doesn't want to leave. But rightfully so, because if in his heart he feels that there's corruption, it's his responsibility and duty as president, and especially so it doesn't bite him in the ass later, to, to refute what's going on. And if that takes all 50 states of refuting, that's what he's supposed to do. So if anybody could think any way they want about Trump and Biden, racist, not racist, it's all, you know, conspiracy. This, and all that might be true. 
But the fact of the matter is, while these three months are happening and going into January, February, we do not have a uh, president-elect officially. We do not have officially an outgoing president. And they have to sign things right now over these three months and going into January. They have to, you know, you got to sign something. It's like a sign of, it's like Trump signed something, and then it's like he's being um, co-signed by Biden. Because whatever Trump declares right now, the new president can't overthrow. It's not, it's got to flow smoothly. So if he says, I'm releasing 2,000 prisoners that I feel, you know, they got a real deal, and I'm just going to give them, a, a, you know, a, pres- a presidential pardon, you know, Biden has to sign off of that. Nobody knows these basic things except for maybe like Secret Service and, and intelligence agents and certain people in the office of the president. The regular general public doesn't think about things like this. He has to say, listen, Biden, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to release these guys right here. Don't fuck around and get in office and then tell these people, hey, you, you got to go back to jail because I'm – look at that. You just got released by Trump, but I'm putting your ass back in jail. And you notice that never happens. That's because they're on one accord. They're not on one accord. So that means if you're buying a house right now, the paperwork is null and void because the president gets that paperwork from the housing and urban development head to sign off on it. And so if you got a mortgage you just took out, your mortgage hasn't been officially declared correct by the president of the United States, signed off with the housing and urban development. That man has to sit there and say, listen, um, banks, the president can't sign it right now because – we don't know if he's going to stay the president or if he's leaving office. We don't know if Biden is coming in. We don't really know whose signature should be on this. They're not on the same accord with each other, so they can't even co-sign off on it. So you have you just sent me uh, a fax with about 100,000 mortgages that have happened in the past week and a half, and the president can't sign off on them. Don't say anything to the people out there you know, who have the mortgages because we don't know how it's going to go either way. We can only tell you that right now the government is behind. So you being from the U.S., you understand what I mean, yeah? Yeah, definitely. But we gotta we gotta wrap this up finally because we just did a six hour podcast. We must have broke some records here, and I gotta pee. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! No, fantastic. We could talk about all that stuff another time if you want. Yeah, we we'll definitely do a part three because as I said, you are bot- bottomless wealth of information. So. Um, let's definitely plan ahead and, and do that in the future. Fantastic. Yo, bro, again, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Like, every time I come on the show, I'm scared, too, because I don't like talking, because I know I don't completely control everything that's going to come out of my mouth, and I, and I say stuff that people could possibly take the wrong way, but I try to make it so it's, it's fact. Like, you can't be mad at me for speaking the truth. That's That's what my... My excuse for my behavior always is, if I don't try to intentionally hurt you, if I say things that are true so you have knowledge, you can't be mad at me. Be mad at the people that made this shit happen. You know what I mean? Uh, Yes, absolutely. All right, so with that said, you you be careful and have a great night. Hey, wait, hold on. Uh, You know? Hold on, sorry. I'm I'm definitely gassed in here, but I do remember that I want to let you do – some plugs if you'd like to go ahead and plug your album and your Twitter or Facebook and Facebook. Uh, why don't you go ahead and just plug everything you got if you want? Okay. Yeah. Just like, like the same way it was before my album is called an ounce and a half. 
my predator server, and my um, Facebook is HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash www.facebook.com forward slash capital P and small letters R-E-D-A-D-A, then a dot, and then capital S, small letters E-V-E-R-A. My Twitter is the same thing, except you replace the dot between Predator and Several with a, what is that called, a um, underscore, right? Yeah, the underscore so. thing, when it, the line that floats on the ground. <laughs> and then, um, what was it? That was my album, my Twitter, that, um, oh, on YouTube, we're called C-I-A-T-M dash central, I think it's called a hyphen, right? Dash or hyphen. Central Intelligence Akar, A-K-A-R. And so my, um, I have an Instagram. How did this go? It's the whole Instagram.com forward slash all small letters predada.severa.tm if I remember that correctly because I rarely go on Instagram. I don't know what, that, what else to give information thing. But yeah, oh, so you know, on Facebook, the Illuminati okays who I who I friend or don't friend. But feel anybody feel free, feel free to follow me on Facebook, and on Twitter, just feel free. Uh, why can't I say that? My teeth, you know. Feel free to follow me on Twitter. <laughs> it's like a fucking tongue twister, bro. <laughs> yeah, I have that issue too. Um, yeah, follow me on Twitter as well. Follow Pradada. Um, I love Twitter because it's like the perfect grassroots tool. So let's use it while we can before they deplatform us and do things like that to us. But hey, Pradada, oh my God, um, we must have broken some record tonight. Uh, break it, poking holes in that oh, bell. Really? Yeah, we we definitely got into the itty gritty, and and I think you know the first time it was a great show, but I just felt like our time was a little too short because. Even though it was somewhat long, it's just I because you had so much more stuff to tell me on the phone. I didn't feel like we got to all of it, but I feel like this time we really took a big chunk out of it all, and I think we got a lot of good information out there. And I think you had an opportunity to kind of say your piece. At least I feel like I was like I was saying earlier. I feel like I know who you are, what you're associated with, and what you're doing much more than I did before and I'm I'm fascinated by it and and you gave me a lot to think about and my audience a lot to think about so I want to thank you sincerely this type this show end of days radio this is for the people that have something to say but you know everybody's too stupid to understand that they're telling the truth and they have some fucking <laughs> it's good inside information so thank you for coming on the show and and we will do it again my friend you have a good night Great. Good night, bro. And there you have it. That was Pradada Severa. Holy moly. That was a long podcast indeed, was it not? Boy, can I even keep... <laughs> can I, I, I've seen myself on camera. I don't look like I'm dying. I must have been having a good time because I, I look enthused. I feel enthused. I think I just pulled an Art Bell. Remember, he used to do those crazy long broadcasts, so I'm definitely a huge fan of his, and I, I feel like I kind of uh, took on his spirit or connected with his spirit a little bit tonight doing this long broadcast. I, I'm a huge Art Bell fan, and 
you could tell he had well he'd tell us but you could also tell he had a lot of broadcasting experience under his fingernails so i think as a broadcaster it's not how many shows you do it's how many hours of broadcasting time you put in and you know you get better and better at it and i think that's why he was one of the masters of his trade he was just able to get on the radio and keep things captivating for hours and hours on end of course having the right guests definitely is part of the formula to create a good paranormal well and nowadays we have all kinds of podcasts that have kind of followed in the footsteps of art bell but what's cool nowadays is you have so many different flavors like you have you know, you have the more traditional interviews and you, you have the people that are really into UFOs and you have the people that cover more political ends of the spectrum. But this show is, I like to think that we're competitive competitive in the aspect that we try to go deeper than anybody else. And I don't think any other show goes this deep. And if they do, they either struggle to find an audience or they're quickly deplatformed. This show has remained undisputed king of the ring. Undisputed. I don't like to brag, but right here on End of Days Radio, we are the best at what we do. Nobody can hold a candle to this program, and that's not to disparage others. That's just to say the plain truth. We've been going for, what, almost a decade strong, still producing some of the best content out there with no commercials, with no cost to the listener, with no cost to the viewer. So pat self on back. Pat self on back. I'm doing a great job. Let's do the... Mind blowing. Mind blowing. Mind blowing moment of the day. So, the mind blowing moment of this episode was the entire fucking thing. But one thing that particularly stuck out for me was the stuff about the Hollow Earth and Admiral Bird and going down there and basically meeting the uh, the giants, you know, the the descendants of these uh, ancient agent giants and Nephilim. Boy, that is a fascinating idea. And, you know, I'm, I'm accumulating knowledge so fast now, I'm probably starting to hold certain things back. And I feel bad about that because this show is never about that. And you have to wonder, why is it that this show is a platform for so much knowledge and information? You could almost say that something is bringing the light to this program and what that is we can only imagine but why don't you go ahead and do your best to catch a falling star and put it in your pocket if you catch my drift this is a very special program indeed and special because of what this program really truly is and those in the know will know exactly what i'm talking about and those who aren't well that is for you to find out. I like to say that this program and myself are a mystery wrapped in an enigma, and that is certainly the truth. I have no great secrets. I'm pretty open with everything from my gang stalking experiences to my UFO encounters to my own psychic ability, as well as who I am personally. I love heavy metal. I love reading the Bible. I love researching. I love pro wrestling. And most of all, I love the unexplained, the paranormal, the fringe. I love to read. Some of my favorite authors have changed my life in general. I love to write. Check out my articles at endofdaysradio.com. 
I love to podcast. I love to love. I love you guys because you are the wind beneath my wings. I tell you all the time. You are the wind beneath my wings, and you are the ones that keep me up when I am down. You get me right back behind this mic when I've been gone for too long. You tell me how this program has made you think and has brought hours and hours of entertainment and laughs and mind-blowing information into your life. And for that, I can only thank you, thank you, and thank you. And as much as I thank you, I must still ask, please donate to End of Days Radio. Go to endofdaysradio.com and click on that donate link because this is a good show. And it deserves to it deserves a donation here and there. I think so. Help me keep the lights on. Help me keep the servers up. Help me help myself and help everybody out there. Help me spread the light all across this world and poke holes in the bell. And you can do it too. One of my favorite things is when people are, are inspired on this program or maybe they even come on this show and they they start something, you know. They either start to gain some small semblance of fame, which is fine. Or perhaps they start a, show, a podcast of their own or perhaps they hop on social media and they start activism work. I love that stuff. If I can inspire you to do what I do, that's probably the most fulfilling thing that I could possibly do for you and myself because I love to spread that light indeed because it's all we have in these final last days of perdition. It's not my intention to control you or program you. It is only my intention to do my best to guide you away from perdition because everything else is guiding us exactly in that direction. So please continue to listen to this show. Just wanted to say that. Uh, boy, what else do we got? Six hours and 20 minutes. Many of you are probably aware of the huge rant that Tom Cruise went on about this whole COVID thing. I guess he saw a couple guys on a movie set or something, they're standing too close together. So he approached them, he started flipping out. He kind of pulled the Christian bell, just, just bitching everybody out, just acting like his shit don't stink, acting like he's above all, acting like he's more than the almost 60-year-old piece of shit that he really is. Tom Cruise, let me tell you, if you're listening to this program, and I know you don't, let me tell you that you are a piece of shit. You are a failure in your romantic life. You are a failure in your intellectual life. You are a, you are a success in your movie life. However, I must ask, what is there left for you now that the movie theaters are going away? You are no longer the highest paid actor. That, that prestige belongs to The Rock, Dwayne, Dwayne Johnson, as of now. So, Tom Cruise, I must ask you, what do you really have left? What do you really have left in your empty, hollow existence except to act as a, a tool for the Church of Scientology and a figurehead and a spokesperson for something that was never real in the first place? Tom Cruise, my message to you is that you wasted your life, my friend. I don't know where you really come from or what sort of ties you have to nefarious organizations, but I urge you to repent. You must repent, for you are fallen. Tom Cruise, or Jack, as you're called in many of your movies. 
rest in peace and rest in hell, for that is where you are headed, my friend. Or not my friend, I should say. Uh, there's so much going on in the world right now, and it's hard for me to just pull myself away from this mic, knowing that our president might not be giving up his seat <laughs> when, it, when the time comes, right? What's going on? If things are getting scary, I saw on social media that Trump was meeting with one of the leaders of the Proud Boys. I have to ask, what's, what, is, what is that all about? Why is he meeting with them? Is he planning a coup of some kind? Is he planning to do something somewhat Hitler-esque and take control of this country by force? Is it that, or is that just an illusion? And Biden and Kamala are going to be sworn in, and maybe three days to three months in, Joe Biden has some sort of a heart attack. He stumbles, he falls, he cracks open his head, or perhaps he just becomes a little bit too senile. And Kamala Harris is our first female socialist progressive president who was probably a man in a previous life, (laughs) kind of like Michelle. I don't know. I don't want to accuse her of that. But what's going to happen, folks? Isn't it fun? Isn't it entertaining watching this ballet play out around you? I'm the best, and I know it. Nothing's ever going to keep me down. Are you guys going to watch Cobra Kai when it comes back on air? I fucking love that show. I fucking love that show. I am so excited about Cobra Kai coming back that I can't even think. That's how excited I am. Especially now that they brought Kreese back in the scene. I mean, that was a smart move. The story has not ended. And I can't wait for more. I also like uh, Better Call Saul. That's one of my favorites. I like... There's a new show called Evil on Netflix. I really like that one. What other shows can I recommend? If you haven't seen it yet, check out Vikings. That's one of my favorites. Oh, let's not forget. Probably my favorite show, or second favorite, Lucifer. 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 That is a good show. It was originally on the Fox Network, but it's now on... Netflix, and that is a good show. Neil Neil Gaiman, Neil Gaiman, however you pronounce his name, he's definitely probably my top three favorite writers, for sure. I am super into his graphic novels. I read one of his books, and I, I just get more and more into his stuff every day, um, probably because he writes about things that I like, like gods and magic and, and other worlds and things of that nature. He has a real firm graph firm grasp on certain aspects of the ancient world and of mythology. So I have to recommend his stuff and they're going to actually do a Sandman series. As you know, I'm a big comic book nut. So the Sandman series on Netflix upcoming is something I'm watching for, but for now watch Lucifer. I feel there's a lot of truth in that show. Absolutely. And it's hilarious. The actor that plays the devil is fucking hilarious. Like his personality just blows my mind. I do read the comics. So I, I know both sides. I know how the TV show is and how the comic book is and the differences, but if you get a chance, check it out. And some of you might be noticing, I've been acting a little happier lately. I know you're all thinking that because I'm a telepath, but I am kind of happier lately because 
I hit a slump in my life. I hit a slump. I kind of, uh, excuse me, I'm just responding to somebody in the chat. I kind of uh, had a fall, a fall from grace. And it was hard. I'm not going to go into it. I mean, it's not everybody's business, certainly, but many bad things happened to me in a row. 